Welcome, cadets and captains, to yet another episode of M-Class Podcast. We're back on the horse, baby. Oh, we're on heroin again? <laughs> we're chasing the dragon, baby. Oh, yeah, ride the snake. Uh, M-Class Podcast is a show uh, where I, Jeff... Uh, oh, is that my turn? Me, Josh. There's only two guys on the show, Josh. <laughs> And our friends, Jork and Junt. <laughs> We're here to give us latinum. I really need to get those vampire teeth so I can do that yeah. voice better. Uh, we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media uh, 99.99% of the time. It's just been an episode of the show. We'll do something different eventually. Of what? This we show? did. We did. Uh, we did the movies first. That counts. Now yeah, we're doing counts. episodes of the show, and eventually yeah. Tech War? We'll see. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, but we give it a rating on the patent-pending Cochrane to Catfish warp scale of quality. Mm-hmm. And maybe we run into a John Larroquette fun fact of the week along the way. Oh, is there one this week? I love him. Um, did you know that he played Maltz in one of the Star Trek movies? I did know that. How uh, interesting. That's the fun fact. I don't have one prepared. We'll see if we stumble onto one. You know why they named him Maltz? Because he loved malted milk balls. I was just going to say that, <laughs> so you did know. <laughs> I did know. Malted okay. milk balls are gross. I like malted milk balls. Hey, you want to eat a chocolate-covered dust? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I> yeah. <laughs> Give it. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, this is technically the last episode of Other Jeff's Spooky Monster of the Week, just because I fucking forced it. He didn't choose this or anything. We just needed a, a filler episode. All filler, no killer. That's what this one is, so shut it off if you don't like that. <laughs> shut it down. Uh, we're wa- we are talking this episode about TNG Season 7, Episode 17, Masks. Yeah. Which I learned two things about this time around. Uh, When's the last time you watched this? Sorry. The last time I watched this was uh, years ago at this point. Yeah, it's been a while. So I learned two new things. One, this is a pretty divisive episode. Uh, I can see that. Like, I had thought that it was universally thought of as one of the sort of lesser episodes of TNG, especially because season seven at this point is really winding down. Yeah, you can tell, like, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but you can tell they're transitioning into the movies. Oh, yeah. There's a very, like, there's, like, they do some things in this episode that they do in some of the worst movies. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is just the movie. (laughs) Okay. Uh, this episode. Well, I was gonna say the two things. Um, the first one is definitely that it's much more divisive than I thought it was. Second one, it's not as bad as I remembered it being. Yeah. It. I remember it I, being that's like. That's what I said. I remember it being god awful, and like I hated it. And the only thing I really, really hate is uh, data. Data's voices that he does. His and three his, voices that he has. The acting he does for those voices. Um, the I'll give you a John Larroquette. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's here, everybody. It's so cold. 
I can't feel my peener. Oh no! Get closer to the. Get your peener closer to the fire. My peener has a sun on it. Oh, that makes sense. I got it tattooed in Cabo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, the fu- your John Larroquette fun fact of the week is that the voice he does for Ehot is the exact same voice he does for every evil entity that ever takes yeah, him over, including it's lore. lore. It's fucking lore, and it's yeah. also the voice he does on Night Court for the character he plays on that. Yeah. <laughs> He's a weaselly voice guy. He's got the weasel voice. Not Polly Shore. No, That's Pat the Weasel. That's my best Polly Shore. <laughs> the Weasel. That's even better. That's, That's even better. Worse. Dude, that uh, guy's whole career was like, hey, I'm this stupid thing. Do you know that guy's whole career was because his dad owned the co- the like Chuckle Hut or what the yeah, fuck the ever? Yeah, the comedy store, I think. Yeah, right? which is like mom. the most popular stand-up yeah. location on earth. It's Yeah, everybody knows that. And that's why he had a career. But I'm glad he did. Hey, we got Encino Man out of it. So. Exactly. And Biodome. <laughs> and, oh my god. <laughs> Biodome is a movie... Uh, that's extremely bad and used to be funny bad, but now it's just bad bad because the the only right wing bald one stars in it. So. Yeah, the uh, the crazy one, uh, Jimmy Baldwin, Timbo Baldwin, Timbo Baldwin was always my least favorite Baldwin, <laughs> and Ringo Baldwin. This episode was written by Joe Minoski of uh, Darmok fame. Yeah, I can see that also. Uh, the only thing, the only thing about this episode that really stood out to me, like for being an episode by Joe Minoski, is that there's absolutely no moral quandary or lesson to be had in it. There's no deeper meaning to this episode. I like that. I kind of like that. It's just like, hey, this weird shit happened. It's it's like TOS in a way, right? Like, there's sure. Like, well, hey, TOS would have put shit. some ham-handed ass secondary moral in at the last second, but yeah, they don't even do that like, in this one. Yeah, it would have been like, uh, d- did you see Dr. McCoy? That women also can vote. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the- Dr. McCoy would have been like, suffrage! Whoa! <laughs> I'm from Alabama. We don't do that where I'm from. Um... It was directed by Robert Weimer, a man <laughs> whose name is so close to Bob Weiner as to be, that had to have been his original name. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go through the trouble of changing your name, go all in. It's true. Don't, be, you, don't be Bob Weimer. Why are you changing the N to an M? Just go change it to a different name, like. Bob Dongle suck. Yeah, that's way better. No one would be able to... There's no way to make fun of that name. What was that Nickelodeon thing? Wienerville? What was that all about? That dude's last name was Wiener. It was funny, because Wiener. That's why. Um, (laughs) And he put his head on the tiny finger puppets... Yeah, it was super weird. I God, how like you it. could just do whatever on TV in the nineties, huh? Yeah, they didn't. They were just like, "Hey, we got twenty four hours to kill. What do you guys want to do? What do you guys now got? It's like? Now it's like if like if fucking like uh, 
you know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go a rant here. <laughs> yeah, go for it, man. Now it's like if if you didn't get like 98 percent Rotten Tomatoes score, your fucking shit gets canceled. That's true. Because everyone's like, I kind of hated it, and then they're like, okay, please, God, please, like, just stay, keep watching Netflix. Yeah, I was about to say this seems oddly specifically targeted. It is. <laughs> I'm pissed off. <laughs> I'm annoyed. Everyone hated Cowboy Bebop, and it's stupid. It's over, Josh. Fuck! It's over. You know what? You know what? Good. I'm glad. I hope everything sucks from now on. Fuck you all. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, please continue listening to M-Class Podcast, everyone. (laughs) Um, Robert Weimer makes some strange directorial... I mean, he's. I always say, like, they're director choices or whatever, but, like, I'm sure the cinematographer had a big hand in some of the strange choices in this episode. The technology wasn't there yet. Like, they, like, you can tell, and maybe because of how they filmed it back in the day, but, like, the, the crane moves that they do, like, it's, it, it's supposed to make it look, like, bigger, right? Yeah. But you can see the camera, like, like it's like not like it's it's not. They don't have enough room to be doing the sweeping shots that they're trying to do, so they're much shorter than you would expect. Yeah, they need like a different lens. Like, put a fifty mil on there and fucking stand back a little bit. And (laughs) the sets aren't big enough for that shit. (laughs) No, they're they're not, man. If you put a fifty mil lens on that camera, you're gonna be seeing a fucking temp drinking coffee. (laughs) You're going to get G- Admiral Jeans guy or whatever from Mandalorian. <laughs> the uh, the one that really stood out to me, the shot that was like really strange, is when Worf and uh, Jordy are in engineering and they're like, we better get out of here. And they yeah. walk around the corner and then they just switch cameras to around the corner to this big ass empty shot of them standing in the hallway. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what? Where, what's the like logic? I guess they just didn't care, right? Well, they just needed to get the scene done. I'm imagining this. Yeah, a lot of season seven episodes were like, "All right, we got to get this done. We got to get this done." Yeah, you kind of feel that a little bit. Uh so even in some of the better ones, it's sort of like ugh. some They're of the acting like, in this episode is very much like I don't want to be on this TV show anymore. I felt that with. Uh, uh, Patrick Stewart, but only because I think he just like wanted to be not as like uptight <laughs> anymore. Yeah, like, I'm sure he was about couple, tired of that shit. There's a couple parts where uh, he's just like, I have no idea what's going on, <laughs> and you're like, that's very not Captain Picard, right? But yeah, it's well, kind of cool when they're standing around ten forward talking about like the ship being transformed or whatever. They each take turns saying their lines. It's like Picard, Riker, mm-hmm. uh, Worf, Troy, and yeah. Crusher. And I think Jordy's there as well. Because they're all just sort of stand around the empty sets by themselves in this episode. Yeah. But um, each person is less enthused and the, like has less inflection than the last person who spoke. Well, they had to come in and work because Brent Spiner was through a fit and he wanted to act like an actor. The thing is, the very last episode before this one is the same plot. He gets taken over by something and has a different personality. I would imagine he was extremely difficult to work with by the end of this. Um, based on how he acted about Star Trek for the next like 15 to 20 years, I'm going to say you were right. <laughs> I, 
I mean, I think that they like him. Like, everyone seems to really like each other. Oh, right? yeah. Like, it's not Absolutely. like TOS where they're, like, you know, like, feuding for decades or whatever the fuck. Well, on, I mean, right? there's a central figure in yeah, all well, those yeah. feuds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Patrick Stewart's, like, a lovable, kind teddy bear of a man. Yeah, they all call him Old Baldy. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love that man. Yeah, I love that man too. Shame about what he's doing these days. But what's he uh, doing these days? Uh, Star Trek Picard. Oh, I've heard of this. Uh, <laughs> like they're they just are so unenthused, especially Crusher when it gets to her. She's like, perhaps it's using human DNA to rewrite it. Oh, she was she was in like two scenes, so she was like. He's like, can I can I get taken over by a fucking spirit? And they were like, oh, we got an episode for you coming up. Wait, <laughs> it's a magic candle with your grandma's ghost in it, and it fucks you. What's your grandma's boyfriend's ghost? <laughs> it's like using your grandma's dildo, but it's a candle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's normal. Come on. That's where that saying comes, burning the dildo from both ends. Mm-hmm. Double-sided dildo, ass to ass. You and your grandma. You and your grandma. <laughs> All night long. That's what that ghost wanted. He's like, look, let's go to the graveyard real quick. <laughs> you, me, and G-Ma makes three. <laughs> I call it the grave hard. Oh, wow. You know? That's a good joke, Josh. So, um, Is that ectoplasm? No, it's jizz. It's jizz-toplasm. <laughs> So, Counselor Troy is um, teaching a class about sculpture. Yeah, and this kid sucks at acting. <laughs> yeah, this, this kid is a terrible actor, and um, he's also pretty bad at sculpting wings. Those wings are too big, dumbass. What are you doing? He's going for, like, a Maltese Falcon feel, but he's getting more of, like, a dinged-up hood ornament on some kind of... Dumb car. The kid's like that, fucking six years old or something, yeah. but still. I mean, get fucked, kid. Get fucked. Dude. He's doing a bad job. Hey, replicate some wings, asshole. But Troy is like, no, you're doing a good job because it's her job to lie to people. Yeah, and she's playing super, like, both sides of the coin here. Now she, uh, she wants him to learn about expressing emotion through uh, sculpture because she's uh, the ship's counselor. She's not actually the sculpture teacher. I'd love for Miss Narsu to come back and be like, what the fuck is all this? Yeah, what are you telling these kids? They're just supposed to, like, work with Clay today. They're not supposed to, like, go to therapy. (laughs) These kids are all, like, six and seven years old. Like, you do your therapy thing with them when they go to that. I'm just trying to get them to make a fucking bird. (laughs) We're killing time. It's season seven. Summer break is soon. (laughs) But um, Data's there because he's a child... Yeah, he's learning how to sculpture. And uh, Data has sculpted a perfect replica of a pad. I like the writing on it. The dimensions are accurate to within 1.3%. That seems like uh, a large percent of mistake. Wow. You sound like my high school art teacher. (laughs) Hey, look. uh, You're going to have to learn how to take criticism if you're going to art school, you know? Um... Jada, you got to learn how to take some criticism. It's he is going to go to art school. I heard. <laughs> it's really funny though because I thought like my high school art teacher was like the biggest asshole and she was like the meanest critic. And then I went to yeah. college and there was a woman there whose job specifically was to make people cry. 
Yeah, so. they just they just beat you. They just beat the art out of you. They're like, and then every other like prof- art. <laughs> every other professor was like, "It's good, but you could work on this and that." Like they were yeah. just so chill about it. And then this one professor was like, "Did you come to art school to make garbage? Is that why you yeah. paid for this?" Fucking <laughs> just boot camp, dude. Jesus, like I would walk. I she never. She yelled at me a few times, but it was way too funny for me to feel any emotions yeah. about. Um. <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever told this story, but I was, like, when I'm, like, working on a computer, like, if I'm doing something, like, if I make a swoosh, I'll go, like, whoosh. Because she always did that. No, like, I do that all the time. I've done that my whole life. Like, anytime I'm oh. working a computer, like, when I type, sometimes I'll go, uh-huh. And she was, like, what did you do this for? She walked up behind my computer, and I was, like, oh, like, I didn't know. And she's, like, you're doing the assignment wrong. You weren't listening to me. And I was okay. like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll fix it right now. And I went, when I hit backspace. Because like, yeah. I'm nervous, and that comes out when I was nervous. And she goes, did you just click your teeth at me? <laughs> and everybody around me was like, no, no, no. He does that all the time. He does that all the time. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. And this lady's... She's got some problems at home. With and her like marriage. her face is getting like fully red. And everybody's like, no, 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 no. He does it all the time. And she's like, fine, fine. Just fix what it. A, what a what a what a day. Yeah. What a see you next Tuesday. So sometimes you would walk at you just walk past the room and there would be like two or three people out in front of it like sitting crying. That makes for me wanting to learn. Yeah, I, I took two classes with her the entire time I was at uh, Marshall and I had to. We are Marshall. There is a State Farm ad directly in my face right now, so that's perfect. That's we're having a lot of weird synchronicity today, like a weird. It's like true. our phones are listening to us and telling us ads. Yeah, synchronicity they call it, not uh, invasion of privacy. Not yeah, <laughs> Big Brother ass shit. So uh, data is like doing he's not you know he's not showing emotion he's not using his imagination uh mostly because he's a fucking android but troy is like you know use your imagination sculpt music yeah make me feel like like that's music sculpt kenny g yeah sculpt uh kenny g is playing his alto saxophone but it's a penis now how do you feel about that? How does that make you feel? Does it deeply do wanna, uncomfortable? <laughs> do you want to suck on it too? Right. Uh, data makes a treble clef because he's yeah. data, and Troy's like, I will work more on it later. Because <laughs> I feel like Troy is like tired at this point. <laughs> well, like, it's like he doesn't have his chip in his head yet right no that, and that ship that is nothing but trouble anyway so this ship is one weird emotion chip one weird chip <laughs> in a world where robots have emotions that sounds like an 80s movie one weird chip and it would be brent spiner and then he would be like i'm doing my evil eyes <laughs> you don't know this captain <laughs> And then he leans and, like, lays on the counter or whatever the He fuck. walks very slowly through a scene and then lays down on the counter very slowly. <laughs> it's weird, dude. It's such a weird acting technique. What do they call that? Ruining Method. a scene, I believe. <laughs> 
The uh, bone. I, lo- I love Brent Spiner, but man, he does a real bad job in this episode. <laughs> he's great. Like I, I can see why he hates playing Data because he's great at it, but he's he, he's. I think he's like taking the wrong lessons from playing Data. Like you know how hard it is to play an android with no emotions. It's like fucking hard as shit. Oh yeah, he he does a bad job of it in the first season because he's constantly smiling, but he gets it. <laughs> Yeah, from like near the end of the first season to the end of the show, he's like perfect at playing Data. Uh, the problem comes in where he's like a straight up vaudevillian comedian, and he wants to be out there like doing who's on first every episode. Yeah, he wants to spin his cane around and tip his top hat and show his dick or whatever the yeah. fuck vaudeville guys did. Did you know that I found out? That there's a thing called uh, puppetry of the penis. Oh yeah, I knew about this. I didn't know about that. That looks Did like you watch it because it it's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Do not watch. I it. I don't want to do that with my cock and balls. It's like, is this fun or funny? Is that the like? I don't know. Understand like what the appeal is of it. But I don't know either. Is it like a sex weirdo thing? It's probably a sex weirdo thing that is disguised as like high art. I guess. I learned like, about that because there's there's a half joke buried way, way back in the Auntie Donna podcast where Mark Bonanno mentions that he was supposed to be a guest performer at that once. And you looked it up. And he, uh, he tried to do all the penis shapes and he decided, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And canceled it. <laughs> <laughs> well? And they're, they're like... Is that a joke? Did you? And he was like, "Yeah, are you?" And he's like, real? "Well, let's uh, move on." <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It might be a joke. Might be real. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't go in for that. No, I'm not a big it, fan of that. It almost made me pass out the time I like saw it. I was like, uh, I, I, I watched it. I watched that. a couple minutes of it, and one of the dudes turned his dick and balls into a hamburger, and I was like, "Okay, that's enough for me." Get it? <laughs> it's enough for me. I don't want to turn my anything of mine sideways. Thanks. What's What's crazy is like Data does this in the school with all those kids, and they're like, Data, Data, this is inappropriate, <laughs> highly inappropriate data. My favorite like, part of the episode is when one of the kids is like, you know where I use my imagination? William Shatner's Tech War. <laughs> And he looks at he the holds camera. the book up to the camera. <laughs> Three easy payments of nine ninety nine. You too can own the first issue of Tech War. Tech War is a fat fucking book. That's what lets me know that William Shatner did not write this. No, he ain't got time for that. He's got to like go be mean to people and yuck it up on Boston Legal. He's Boston Legal Legend. Boston Legal Legend. William Shatner goes to space. <laughs> comes back from space with a profound thought that Jeff Bezos does not allow him to say. Because <laughs> he contractually owns everything that a- ever happened on that ship when they went yeah. up there. That oh, video great. is like, I don't like William Shatner is pretty unequivocally like not a great guy. I think we all know that. At yeah, this but point. compared to Bezos, yeah, the video of him trying to say something profound while Jeff Bezos is like fucking yucking around is like a little heartbreaking. 
Yeah. <laughs> like this 90-some-year-old man is like, oh, when I went up into space and I first saw the horizon and they're all like, give me the champagne. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, a lot of people pointed this out in the comment section that I, I didn't even think of, that they're spraying champagne on a recovering alcoholic. <laughs> oh, is he? Yeah. Not great. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff Bezos is a huge piece of shit. Uh, yeah, Bezos. I always call him Bezos because the Whatever. the fucking enemies from Mario Two are called Bezos. <laughs> so he's a fu- they got uh they always talk about in the Mario Brothers Super Show they call him Bezo Bandits. Which ones are those? The ones that spit the bullets out? No, th- those are Sniffits. The Bezos are the ones that are the shy guys with wings, and they fly down at you, and they try and poke you with their little pokies. I hate that. Yeah, they're not great. Get them out of here. (laughs) Don't put them in your next game, Mario. Throw a radish at that guy. Mario, when you make your next game that you're in, don't put them in there. (laughs) Dear Mr. Mario Brothers, please stop putting Jeff Bezos in your games. Thank you. I hope he never finds out about that because he would buy Nintendo and make the new fucking Bezos games. He would sue him for sure just to gain an extra fucking dime in his fucking wallet. It's true. Purse. His purse? <laughs> yeah, his like theoretical purse. Uh, you know? Ah. Uh, ah. Uh. So the Enterprise yeah. D finds a rogue <laughs> comet and it, it, they haven't charted it. Federation has never seen this before. Yeah, they're like, where the fuck did this fucking thing come from? I will say the Rogue Comet special effects, pretty fucking good for the time. Yeah, they're really good. Um, They also do, like, when it cuts to the Elkar's computer shot of it, they somebody knew about comets, because the tail keeps facing away from the sun, and you, you know, because that's how it works in real life. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you would think, like, some dingus would be like, well, well, it's a comet, it always, you know, it's going this way, that's where the tail goes. Yeah, whichever right? direction like, it goes, yeah. the tail's behind it, because it's, yeah. it's like something flying through Earth, right? It's a fl- it's flying, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. I noticed that, I was like, that's cool. That is cool. Good, I, good I, job, I'm always a big fan of when Star Trek has, like, some sort of grounded base for science, and then they yeah. go off the rails with it. Yeah, and then they find a fucking ancient temple inside of a comet. <laughs> um, but uh, data apparently this thing has been flying around from the Darcy system to here for eighty-seven million years. I like how Riker's like long time in the dark alone. <laughs> You're like yeah. Jesus, and he just fucking starts pouring himself a bourbon right there go on the deck. Go listen to some fucking like. Black Parade or something, yeah. dude. You're bringing the mood down. My my Imzadi's fucking a Klingon now. <laughs> that was like last season, wasn't it? Yeah, they kind of like forgot about that already. Yeah. Because Worf is a terrible love interest. He's just real, like, his character is not made for that. He's terrible when he's with Dax. Like, you yeah. just want to be like, God, you're so annoying. He's just, he's like a extremely toxic boyfriend. Like, I gotta know where you're going at all times. You being around another man? Yeah. Yeah, they pass that off as, like, Klingon-ness. But in, in reality, like, I feel like lots of Klingon dudes are just like, I don't even give a fuck. Whatever. 
Yeah, a like, lot of if if he was like a real Klingon, he'd be like, "I'm not worried about my woman going to another man yeah. because I'm such a virile warrior." Yeah, because my two dicks are giant and fuck it, I don't care. But, but he's, Worf, he's like, Worf, and he's like, "Please don't talk to other boys." Are you looking at him? What are you talking about? Yeah, it's like, dude. Don't he like fully it. tries. He fully gaslights her about Bashir. Like, oh, you're spending all your time with Bashir. Yeah. She's like, when I was single, I didn't give it up to him. What are you talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about? He's even more annoying than you are. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's a dunk on both of them. He's only good when he's with Miles. They uh, they begin a sensor analysis of uh, the comet, which causes this bright flash of feedback to appear. And they're... And, my favorite thing is like they're on the most technical technologically advanced ship in Starfleet. Yeah. They have some of the greatest scientists ever in all of their positions. Picard himself is a scientist at heart. And there's a big flash and he goes, Data, what what what, what was that? Yeah. They're like, <laughs> What was that? And Data's like, uh, I think it was a feedback loop. I don't know. <laughs> Picard's like, huh? What was that? <laughs> Data, it's been seven years. I know when something flashes that it's some fucked up shit is happening. Some, Please explain to me what it is so we can move this along. Some Is Q here again? Fuck. Is it Q? <laughs> he hasn't been here this season yet. Where's John Delancey? I know he's sneaking around here somewhere. <laughs> that impish bastard. Is he naked this time? God, I hope not. God, I hope I hope that would be so bad if he wouldn't was naked be, and in my bed. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> number one, I mean, it wouldn't be that weird though, right? Number one's like not as weird as the darkness in my soul. <laughs> <laughs> He's just fucking drinking openly out of a flask. Uh, Troy and Crusher head uh, to Troy's room to grab some towels because they're going to learn Makbara from Worf. It's like Klingon Tai Chi. And uh, Troy's like, more like getting thrown to the ground, Bara, am I right? Yeah, and then the audience goes wild. Woo! And Kelly Bundy comes in and they all start going, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a mix of Arsenio and... <laughs> it's true. But um, the 90s. there's like some sort of a weird fucking plastic totem that's made to look like rock on her desk, and it's get a, used to that. It's made out of foam from Nickelodeon. It is. It looks exactly like it's made out of fucking foam. Do you guys remember foam? <laughs> I remember foam. <laughs> but that's how they put. That's how they did the imprint on it. Probably they just had a foam stamp. Probably. And they just flomed it. It's definitely meant out of foam. It's not a rock. No. And they uh, they leave. Got to go to Makbara class. Oh, they're like, what is this thing? Right? Yeah, it's like, like maybe it's a gift from Riker. And Troy's like, Riker yeah. doesn't have any fucking class. That dude's listening to Fallout Boy lately. <laughs> I don't know what his deal is. If he was gonna send me a gift, it would be lingerie or uh, a brand a new bowling plug. bowl. For him. A, a butt plug with the Delta symbol for Starfleet. You know, I think CBS is losing money by not having that. 
Look, I we could come up with great ideas for them, but they're constantly fucking hitting us with like it, cease and desist. So I, 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 I cannot don't believe how they they catfished us, right? They they, yeah, they sent us this thing yeah. that was like, "Oh, we love your designs on the shirt. We would like to do an official version." What do you think? Oh yeah, I'd be down for that. Ah, just kidding. We just fucking kidding. took Never your shirt down. Yep. Never infringe yep. on our copyright again. I got some news for you, Paramount. You need all the help you can get. <laughs> Fucking uh, italicized letters on a white shirt. Yeah. We own that. Take, take take a lesson from uh, Star Wars, even in the 80s. Like, George Lucas was like, I, I don't care what people do. I'm just glad they like Star Wars. <laughs> like, He's chill out. He's the richest man he, on ever, so it doesn't matter. Chill the fuck out. Yeah. Star Trek needs all the help it can get, so chill the fuck out. But uh, they leave the room, and a little symbol appears on the top of the <gasps> flume. Just like my penis. Dun, dun, dun. Just like just like Josh's cock. Oh my god, is there a connection? Worf pops his head, and he says, just like Josh's cock. <laughs> and if That's you- why this is my favorite episode. <laughs> If you want to learn more about Josh's cog, we'll be right back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Now, it's here. The excitement, the adventure of a new force at breakfast. We'll call them C-3PO's. New C-3PO cereal from Kellogg's. Twin rings, phase together. For two crunches in every double O. A delicious part of this nutritious breakfast. Now you can experience the taste of Kellogg's C-3PO's. A crunchy new force at breakfast. May the force be with you. Welcome back. Hopefully that was informative to you. Uh, if you didn't hear about Josh's dick in that uh, commercial, it's real big. Dick real big. Face real big. Something else big. Everything big. This car real big. House real big. Dick real big. Everything real big. My car is bigger than my last car, which is a problem sometimes. Because I don't yeah. know, like... The front of the car I drive now is, like, twice the size as the back of it, so I'm just always worried I'm going to fucking ram something. It's I crazy can't... you're driving an inverted Death Star, or a Star Destroyer. I'm, dr- I'm driving the Batmobile from the 90s cartoon. <laughs> dude, that thing fucking... How do you park this, dude? I don't know. You're basically in the trunk of this motherfucker yeah. driving <laughs> It's like, how does the suspension work on this thing? I don't know. It could drive up buildings, though. So that's it pretty could dope. It do anything. It was, it was the Batmobile of my childhood. That's the one I like the most. Still to this day, that's the one I like the most, too. And it's just like a coffin with a driver's wheel. It's because it's simple. Like, the Tim Burton one's kind of cool, but, like... It's weird looking. It's like a fucking baby bottle. It's true. <laughs> and you're like, all right. like The one that I and- remember the most clearly, besides the animated series one, is the Batman Forever one. Because yeah, they sold the like 20 of them. Yeah. Like Drew Carey this- owned one of them at some point. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting that Drew Carey show money, dude. It's true. That Cleveland Rocks money. <laughs> Maybe one of the greatest uh, intros, though. Oh, yeah. Although, like, 
That that was a good intro, but I like the one that was before it. Uh, Moon over Parma. <laughs> what? Where they do like a little song and dance number. I don't remember that. Or maybe it's um, fuck. The the song and dance number is like uh, uh. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know this, but I want to know, so I will look it up later. Uh, I can't think correctly because I got three hours of sleep. That's fine. You know what? You know what? Nothing matters. Fuck it. It doesn't matter. Who cares? You know? You know, man? It's a five o'clock world is the (laughs) the song. It's a five o'clock world when the whistle blows. Oh, yeah. No one owns okay. a piece yeah. of my time. Yeah, and they do like and a song do... and dance number, yeah. too. That's yeah, my yeah. favorite. All right. All right. I that show was that. okay. <laughs> that show was, yeah, it was like fun, but then it got to be to the point where you're like, wait, what's happening? Yeah, now? it sure did go on a long time, didn't yeah. it? <laughs> you're like, Drew is married to the friend now, I guess, but I don't know. Where's Mimi? Remember <laughs> Mimi? I, I, where's Ryan Stiles? Where's the two funny Where, guys? Where's Diedrich Bader? <laughs> <laughs> two girls at the same time. You can do that when you don't have a lot of money. Yeah. Not when you look like me, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the best referential humor this side on the internet on this podcast. Yeah. If you want to hear other people's good jokes, this is where you come. <laughs> good jokes told badly. Retold badly. Yeah, that's the M-Class podcast, guarantee. I'd make a shirt of it, but fucking CBS will fucking it's take true. it down. Jokes? We own that. We invented jokes back in 1930. So Data goes back to sculpture class, and he makes a mask, and the music's like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, something weird's going on. And Counselor Troy's like, wow, you took my advice and used your imagination. And Data's like, you know, I don't know how I thought of this. It just sort of appeared in my mind. Yeah, and everyone who has ever done art is like, same. Yeah, like, you just sort of get the idea and you're like, oh yeah, I could make that. Yeah, Um, just let me use my hands to make that, yeah. Well, (laughs) everybody on Earth is being shot from a beam from a space comet that has the Library of Alexandria of another race in it. <laughs> it has the fucking Legends of the Hidden Temple inside of it. <laughs> uh, fucking Olmec. I was saving that for a precision joke bomb, but you oh, fucking... I was, you I'm, precision joke bombed before I could, so I, it was perfect. Carpet bomb jokes, baby. Just, it was perfect. Just no, um, no precision here. Troy's like, uh, yeah, there was a thing in my room that looked exactly like this. And they're like, huh. And then that little fucking bitch-ass kid comes over. Eric. His name's Eric. Eric. And he's like, my terminal's not functioning. Uh, Counselor Troy, can you help me with my terminal? It's got hieroglyphs on it. Maybe it's cuneiform. I don't know. Counselor Troy, Bobby stole my pet. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking replicate another one, Eric, you shit. But uh, there are just all these strange symbols floating around the screen, much like when Ed is on screen in the good Cowboy Bebop. (laughs) I still haven't watched the the live action. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't think you're going to hate it. I don't. I don't know, man. Everybody else on Earth seems to. <laughs> yeah, but everybody else on Earth's stupid. Everyone's so stupid. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> but me. <laughs> oh, jeez. But uh, Data's like, you know, maybe we should investigate this further. And Troy's like, uh, yeah. 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 We should. I've been on this show for seven years. This is some weird shit. Here we go again. So, uh, Data, Riker, and uh, Jordy are... Uh, you ever notice how we never call him LaForge? We always call yeah. him Jordy. Because I feel like Jordy's my friend. Yeah, he's like your pal, yeah. Jordy's my friend. I call everybody else by their last name, except Jordy. I, I do like when Scotty calls him LaForge. LaForge. <laughs> it's just cool how he's... LaForge is probably the coolest last name in Star Trek history. It's dope. But, but everyone on the show calls him Jordy. No one calls him LaForge. Dude, I saw a, a picture of him recently. Um, I can't remember his real name because I'm uh, stupid. LeVar uh, Burton. LeVar Burton, thank you. And he had a shirt on that said uh, Toby on it, and it was crossed out, and it said Kuta on it. Yeah. And it was a cool shirt, uh, and he looked incredible. I was oh, like, yeah, he looks exactly the same, except his hair's white. So it's like, a really this, fucking cool look. This dude is cool. Like, he looks, like, awesome. He looks so young still. Yeah, he's cool as fuck. They yeah. really did him dirty on Jeopardy, man. Yeah. They put him. They gave every other guest host two weeks, and then they put him on for one week, and then they hired their own fucking producer. Yeah, and then to, that guy was also like, "Oh, I said weird things about Jewish uh, people." Oh yeah, it turns out that I'm kind of a big racist. So, oopsie. Uh, he got fired, and then they hired uh, the Big Bang Lady. Oh, Mayim Bialik is on it. Yeah, Blossom. Yeah, Blossom. Where's Six? Six was better. I never watched that show. Six was the hot friend. The Kimmy, the reverse Kimmy Gibbler. Wow, there is a helicopter outside my window. <laughs> I hear that. Are they coming for you? We live fairly close to a military base, so yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's time for me to hulk out and fight the army. Is it Andrews Air Force Base? I don't know. I think it is. I think that's where you live. I now they know where you live. I pay very small attention to the American military. I said it. <laughs> Cancel me. I don't care. Cancel me. Um, Please. Uh, they uh, they find out that all the symbols don't match anything in the linguistics database, number one. And number two, that they were downloaded completely... From through the sensor array and replicator systems into yes. the computer core. So yeah, so, so it's like a virus know. almost. Yeah, they don't know that the fucking uh, library of Alexandria is in there yet. They're no, just like, not what's yet. going on with this comet? Like, what's up? <laughs> Data this whole time they're having this discussion is just staring at the panel. It's kind of a cool shot. It, it is. It, it it's like it. This was what reminded me of like one of the. Like, movies, I think they do this exact shot where they, like, have Data staring at the screen. When he... Fu in uh, uh, the last movie, fucking Nemesis. Nemesis, when, yeah. When he finds out that there's, like, another Data and he's, like, staring at the screen, it's very similar. Yeah, actually. That's a pretty similar shot. Um, and it, it's like they just liked it and they were like, let's just do that. 
I do remember the movie shot being spaced a lot better. The shot has yeah. the same problem that a ton of Star Trek does, where Riker and Jordy could just be... If they were an inch closer, they'd be making out. Their mouths would be it's touching. It's because the sets aren't good. Their sets aren't... They're, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. Well, they're in that aspect ratio for television, right? You That's can't true. fit too many people in that aspect ratio fully. I like to think that they just took like a monitor and put black electrical tape on the edges and we're like that's probably the frame <laughs> that's know. how we would do it if we were in charge <laughs> Four three. Oh, this looks great the eye loves this Ugh. but <laughs> Riker's like let's just hit it with some fucking phasers right that's shoot what we it. do <laughs> just shoot it's fucking head off let's <laughs> Jordy's like, Data, what do you think about the firing parameters? And Data's like, uh, uh-huh. this symbol means path. This symbol means road. This symbol means barrier. Yeah. Boundary, border, road, companion, message, messenger, and death. Death. Which is the big sun symbol you're seeing everywhere in this episode. Yeah. And they're all like, Data, how the hell do you know this? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, I'm the greatest. I'm just real good. <laughs> They're like, Data, maybe we should uh, like look into this and figure out. And he's like, well, let's shoot the comet first. Yeah, let's go do the fun thing, and then we'll do the stupid thing. <laughs> Worf's like, fucking psyched. He's like, I get to use the phasers. He's like, here's what's going to happen. The phaser will terminate once it reaches the center of the comet. I can't wait. This phaser is going to be so sick. It's oh, gonna my be, God. It's going to be sick as fuck, Captain. Captain, just fucking wait till you see what I'm gonna do. Check this shit out. She fucking sound like Nappa from Dragon Ball Z. That was like a really good Nappa impression. <laughs> it's the same guy, really. Pretty much. I just, I love, Vegeta. I love the idea that I just that I got ages ago. I did a drawing of it of like, what if the Klingons joined like the yeah. Frieza Force? Uh, I remember so that. That's cool. I need to do more with that. Yeah, that's dude. You should do like a bunch of crossovers. Like, who else would be in the the Frieza Force? I figured that like Vulcans would be like Namekians, where they, they would, would be, be Namek, like yeah. they'd be like off by themselves, and like the the Klingons like wouldn't mess with them because they know how strong they are. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't imagine Picard in like a Goku Gi like fighting. <laughs> So no, I, he's Master Roshi. It's true. <laughs> Picard so, Roshi. Like, I, I cut it off there. I was, like, trying to figure out, like, how would the Federation fit in, and I was like, I couldn't picture them kung fu fighting, so... No. Riker could be uh, TN. No, he'd, he'd be Yamcha. Oh, don't do my boy Riker like that. Uh, yeah, Yamcha is a, a fuckboy, but sorry. It's true. <laughs> The most famous thing Yamcha ever did was die in a hole. Yeah. (laughs) I liked when Yamcha dies for like the seventh time and he's just like, you know what? I'm good. I'm going to go play baseball. (laughs) (laughs) He's just standing in the background in a suit all the time now. Like, I'm not fighting anymore. You guys take care of this shit. I'm retired. (laughs) And then he gets his girl stolen. Yep, he gets his girl took by the Fucked bad boy. Up. Like I was, I was gonna do like a, a shoot the shit about Dragon Ball Z today. I love Dragon Ball Z. I'm talking about Dragon Ball Z. Maybe we'll do that after. Maybe we'll do a shoot the shit after. 
maybe, or maybe, maybe we'll do a porno shoot. <laughs> a cum shoot. <laughs> shoot my jizz. <laughs> so a scanner reveals that the comet uh, has, well, they shoot it, of course, and there's and a then, weird structure inside of it. Yeah, the ice melts around it, and they're like, well, that's a surprise. Yeah, there's uh, some sort of weird-ass structure inside. Yeah, 87 like, million years old. I like how they're like, it's made out of shit, we don't know what it is. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's it's like, apparently composed of fortanium and several unknown materials. Like, how is that possible? Like, We what? don't know about the universe, baby. I would think at this point we pretty much know about like most of the periodic table like we probably filled that fucker in uh, you know? I don't know. well there's gonna be like stuff from different planets we don't fucking know about yeah maybe there's like extra like dimensional shit like who knows right also maybe. like we just figured out a couple seasons ago that the Ferengi exist so yeah, we don't know shit about space <laughs> they're hard to miss I love how they're talking about we're going to make first contact with the Ferengi, and then in Deep Space Nine, everyone just acts like they've known them forever. Well, they're the annoying neighbor that you feel like you've lived next to for way too long. It's true. You're like, oh, God. They're, like, horribly racist against the Ferengi in early TNG, too. They're like, this one guy's like, I could just sell this to the Ferengi, and... Picard's like, well, hopefully they enjoy eating you as much as they did the last person they worked with. <laughs> it's like super racist. Like, Jesus, dude. Yeah. They they do suck though, you know. You know, not to get racial not, on the not program. To get racist. But those Ferengi sure are scum of the did earth, you aren't ever they? Notice how Ferengi are like bad. They're just a bad race. It's a whole race of them, just bad. That's like the the like w- w- most weak, blatant form of racism in the world. Yeah. That's a bad race. That's just bad. <laughs> it's like the milk toast racist. It's just, a, they're just bad. That's a quite negative race. Don't don't like them that much. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> so they find out that um, the object inside of the comet is definitely what's sending all this information to their computer core. It's using the sensors as a link, like a Wi-Fi, but they didn't really have Wi-Fi in 1994, so they were mm. like, it's a carrier wave. Dummies will get it. <laughs> uh, Data is like, this is an informational archive, and they're like, how do you know? And he's like, I, I don't know. I just do, for the and- plot. And they're like, well, I guess we believe you for the rest of the episode. We we don't even need to check up on it. Data starts acting weird, you better believe him, because some weird bullshit's going to happen. It's true. God, how tired are the crew of the Enterprise of weird bullshit by this point? I mean, it's a a double-edged sword, right? Data, like, saves the day because he's not human, so he doesn't, he's not affected by, like, sleeping gas or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? But then also he turns into, like, a fucking psychopathic weirdo from an ancient library. <laughs> Can we just chart a fucking star or something? Can <laughs> well, we that's just... what they were doing. That Can... They were like, oh, yeah, cool, exactly. a comet. <laughs> Like, can like, we just fucking, like, yeah. go meet some people on a new planet and be like, hey, what's up? And not have yeah. some shit go horribly wrong for once? They're like, let's scan this comet. This will be a nice, uh, relaxing mission. And then they're like, oh, we have to turn the scanner down to, like, slow-ass scan. 39-hour scan. <laughs> like, what takes 39 hours 
You could scan a, a comment now in less time with our shit. I could I could defrag my fucking Windows 98 <laughs> in less hours than that. That's what they're doing. They're defragging the comment. Yeah. <laughs> they're putting but, uh, it all on CD-ROMs. They're like, yeah, I mean, the thing looks like it might be a database because it has repeated node configuration, which yeah. is at least they're using, like, knowledge from what they understand to try and sort of determine what this is, which I like. I think that's very Starfleet. Yeah, it it, lo- it does also look like a, like a what what people thought like really big computers looked like back oh, in yeah. the night. You know what I mean? Like it's like towery and like like a, it looks like hackers ish sort of. <laughs> it looks like it could hack the world. It could hack the planet. Yep. It does hack the ship. <laughs> but uh data's like, you know, I feel like I might be in con like Picard's like, are you in contact with this object? And Data's like, blah. Maybe we should do a level one diagnostic. And one of the funniest things that happens in this series almost happens again, where Data just does his own diagnostic by himself, but thankfully yeah. Picard's like, mm, go with him this time, Jordy. Yeah, like, yeah, no one's gonna believe you if you're broken. And <laughs> Yeah, well, like, throughout the rest of the series, he's like, I did a level one diagnostic and I'm fine. And everybody's like, okay. Yeah. Like you would you wouldn't do that with any other crew member like ah, I did my own medical scan. I'm fine. I looked in the mirror and I look okay. So, yeah. <laughs> I took an inventory of myself <laughs> spiritually and mentally and decided I'm perfectly fine. Oh, That's some shit Lon Suter would say. <laughs> <laughs> you can let me out of here now. <laughs> I'm totally fine. Won't murder you guys. I'm not thinking about eating your face right now. <laughs> Well, he seems fine. He did a level one self-diagnostic. Ill news is an ill guess. <laughs> you know that guy voices Chucky? Uh, I did know that. That's it's very interesting. That's how interesting. How I interesting. Well, he's. I mean, everybody already knows he's Wormtongue in uh, Lord of the Rings. I know the guy who did the music for the first Chucky. Really? I have. Was it you? Him. It wasn't me. I wasn't. I'm not that old. <laughs> I was well, probably like three years old when that movie. Came well, out. you could have done it. Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> I believe in you. You could have done it. <laughs> yeah, good save. Good save. You old fuck. You old piece of shit. Uh, oh, I I guess I've probably already told about this big fun fact of the week that Lon Suter is from the town I I went to college in. Yeah, He's I from think- Huntington, West Virginia. I think you told me that, but I don't know if you told them that, the audience. Yeah. Um, Huntington, West Virginia is, is as close to a hometown as I have, because I, I grew up in the middle of fucking nowhere, so... I always think of you when I watch that Band of Brothers episode when they're in Bastogne, and the one weird lieutenant guy who's, like, losing his mind talks to the other guy, and he's like, where are you from? And he says, Huntington, West Virginia, and the guy goes, Huntington? Never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Also, if that dude was from Huntington, he wouldn't have pronounced that fucking T. Huntington. Yeah. It's Huntington. Well, it's a uh, he's a uh, Marky Mark's brother, Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, of course. He's okay in it. He's all right. It's like you can tell if somebody's from uh, Appalachia because they pronounce it like that. Yeah, Appalachia is. If you say, say Appalachia, you're not from yeah. there. <laughs> 
It's like all the fucking Philly words, like Schuylkill and Bryn Mawr and, you know, like, fucking, uh, what are some other ones? I mean, like, <laughs> Conchahawken. Even in, even in West Virginia, there are those things, because I grew up in Kanawha County. Kanawha is what it's actually, or Kanawha is how it's actually but supposed to be pronounced. Kanawha. Yeah. And they say Kanawha on the news, but if you're from there, you're from fucking Kanawha County. Yeah. <laughs> Because we don't use the last letter of fucking anything. You got time for last letters? Fuck that. How many letters does this word have? Five? We're not saying all no, that shit. No, it got three now. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have so much to do in West Virginia. We gotta shorten everything. Bustling metropolis. And everybody in charge of West Virginia has to fucking keep us in poverty as hard as possible. Yep. So they need those shortened words. Yep. Anyway, yep. It, my favorite shot in the entire episode, it cuts to Picard's ready room, and there are just, like, tiny props setting everywhere. Yeah, the little statues, <laughs> and he's, like, collecting them. It looks like the fucking back shelves of, like, a thrift store. It's just all <laughs> over his room. Dude. It looks like the back shelves of a Goodwill. Back is there. there a more depressing area of a store than the back shelves of a Goodwill? You go to the back shelves of any thrift store, and it's like, what the fuck? What purpose does any of this serve? What is it, this? It reminds me of, like, scenes from Toy Story where, like, the demented toys are, you know? Oh, yeah. Like you go back coaster. there, and there's a fucking... It looks like a glass container for water, but there's no opening? Yeah, it's what just is some this for? It's just some glass thing, and you're like, I, nobody knows what this is, that's why it's here. Yeah, you go back there, there's a piece of plastic that's yep. shaped like it may have been like a Hot Wheels track, Yep, but it's flat on both sides? It's what not, is this? It's, it's to something that no longer, ha- there's no reference to. It's lost to history. Nobody it's a dollar forty. It's what I know. <laughs> Stupid not to buy it. <laughs> I would be losing money if I didn't buy it. <laughs> it's an investment. Uh, Riker's like, oh, these, uh, these artifacts are primitive. They don't serve any useful purpose. And Picard's like, you dumb Bitch, you stupid pleb! This is uh, this is ceremonial objects. It's they were deceptively primitive. That's it what was he made says. by an advanced technological society. You dumb fucking himbo! You fucking <laughs> vacuous bitch! You sexy dumb idiot! <laughs> and then they just they like lean towards each other slightly and then pull back real fast. Yeah, <laughs> we can't. Not here. Not here. Not in front of the curios. <laughs> Riker's like, oh, that uh, sunburst. Uh, I've seen it on all t- all the other alien objects, and it was on the screen as well. Yeah. And Picard's like, yeah, it seems to be the most prominent, but there's also this little U-shaped symbol. Looks like a smiley teeth. Yeah. Later on, Worf is like, it looks like antlers. And I'm like, Worf, what the fuck are you on, dog? Worf. What is... Worf, you're fucking stupid. It looks like smiling teeth. I will say Worf is like extremely competent this episode. Oh, like God, he does they, everything yeah. right. Yeah. He gets to hang out Worf. with the crew and he's like, I'm smart now. <laughs> yeah, Worf's like, uh, maybe we can rig up a photon torpedo to uh, on a timed relay. And Jordy's like, a genius idea. And Worf's like, oh, I did something right. Yay, promotion, <laughs> here I come. 
He starts getting nervous as the episode goes on. He keeps like looking over his shoulder and everything because like there's gonna be a barrel somewhere, right? <laughs> I just got this new spine. I don't want to break this one. There's got to be a new barrel somewhere. Everyone's Things are going re- too good. Everyone's real protective of their new spine until they hit their first curb with it. <laughs> uh, but we get the little close up of the curve symbol, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I do feel like everyone but Worf comes off kind of like stupid in this episode. They're like yeah. they're like the sun symbol means death. I don't know what this little tiny crescent symbol on the back means. Yeah, I feel like like maybe like I could explain it away and give them the benefit of the doubt because they're they're spaceship people now, so they don't yeah, you know they I don't mean, like, really the think thing of is, things in terms later of, like, on in the episode when they're talking about Masaka and yeah, yeah. they're like Masaka got chased away by right. Cabrano it's, and like it's Masaka obvious. burned them all to death or yeah. like Masaka um, the one that really gives it away is like makes Masaka, them thirsty yeah like makes yeah. them die of thirst slowly yeah. yeah at that point you're like oh it's the fucking sun it's the like, sun yeah. And the th- other thing's the damn moon, you idiots. And that's sort of um, a pitfall when it comes to all types of writing as well, though, where, like, if you're trying to set up a mystery or, like, something that the characters are slowly figuring out, yeah. you always run the risk of the audience figuring it out before the characters and the characters seeming dumb because of it. I don't want to suck my own dick, but I'm really good at that. Figuring I, things out uh, before they do on yeah, the screen? Yes. I can see through things like that because it's it's just like practice. Like you just get used to the language. It's like reading a language, right? Like, oh, I see where this is going. This looks like. Oh yeah, yeah but like you, yeah, you're, you're experienced. Right. You've watched a lot of television and film and stuff. Yeah. You know how things work in like a standard script. It's just like hearing a song. Like you're like, oh, th- I know how this fits together, right? Like I get it. Yeah, I mean, if you know anything about music, which I don't. I imagine it's exactly like that. It's similar. It's very I want to make music, Josh. Look, we can make sweet love music together. We get, I think it goes like this. That's good. Put that on a CD and sell it. Yeah. Just I've got a bass sitting here. I've mentioned it before, but like it just has one broken string on it that I haven't got fixed yet. I hated doing bass strings. It's the worst. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm going to take it and get it done. You have to... I can do it. It's been a while, but I used to do all that stuff. Come over to my house and fix my fucking All right, I'll I'll be there in two hours. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's an hour and 30 minutes, hour and 40 minutes at this point. Perhaps. And we still haven't hung out because fuck, man. That's too much. Man, you know what's easier? Not driving a car. It's true. What's the difference if we're in the same room? Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, I I kind of want to get one of those pro like a music making program and try and make some cool music digitally. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know what people use now. I honestly yeah, don't know. I don't, they definitely don't use Fruity Loops anymore. Never Fruity Loops though. Yeah, that, dude, that was yeah. Remember that? <laughs> I have no opinion. <laughs> I never used it. I don't know. Uh, Data's doing a level one diagnostic on his positronic net. And thankfully, Jordy's there, so he can't just fuck off and not do it and say, oh, I did it. It's fine. 
<laughs> but uh, Data's like, there's like a really cool moment though where Data's like staring off in the distance and he goes, Jordy, what does it feel like? When one starts to lose one's mind. It's like fucking, dude. And Jordy's yeah. like, uh, shit. Jordy's like, you're scaring me, Data. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's dark, dude. Data, Data's like, I'm, I'm different somehow. And Jordy's like, all right, I'm going to disconnect you, dog. Yeah, and then he looks at his brain and it's full of fucking orange goo. It's orange. His brain's all orange and evil. It's got orange brain. Ah, classic case of orange brain. He's been watching Nickelodeon, getting those fucking uh, anti-Christian ideals put into his positonic brain. <laughs> Is that what your mom said? It sounds it sounds like something my aunt said. Your aunt, yeah. Everyone has an aunt who says stuff like that at yeah. one point. But like <laughs> he t- he turns around and he's got the sunburst like clay on his forehead. Yeah. And he's like, Masakai is waking. Yeah, and here we go with the noises. <laughs> And I, up to this point in the episode, I was like, man, I don't really know why I hated this episode. Yeah. This it's actually not that bad. And then he said that, and I was like, oh, okay. I, I don't think I hated it as much anymore. I don't I, hate this episode. No, I don't either. I, honestly, this episode is way less bad than I remember it being. Yeah, I agree. I was shocked. I was watching, yeah. it and I was like, man... I'm going to have to change my opinion. That's a hard thing to do sometimes. Only real men can do that. And women. Or whatever. Whoever. <laughs> Only real beings. people. Only real <laughs> beings can do that. Only the real ones. The realist. It's it's hard, though, because like, masks has been the butt of a joke for so long. And I must have just watched it when I was in a really... I imagine I watched it after watching a really good episode. Of Star Pro- Trek. Yeah, they're also... Because it's that- not a really... It's not a good episode. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, for TNG, it's... Yeah, it's not, like... I I, I mean, we'll rate it later. I, I think I have a, a, a solid rating for it, but, like... I imagine your rating's gonna be better than mine. It's pr- gonna be probably, higher than mine. Probably. Because uh, Brent Spiner is... He's, like, acting... Uh, badly, he's doing a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, what are you talking about? This is the epitome of acting. You think you can stop it, but you can't. Masaka's here. Masaka. I don't Masaka. mind. I don't mind that one as much as I. The, I hate the the coward one. I don't even like. I don't even know what that fucker's name is. Like, what is his deal in it? They just needed uh, three three voices for him. They're apparently, like, they'd already done like a lot of writing and char- character development for the last episode when Data is being taken over and has to do a different voice. So, like, yeah. Apparently, Brent Spiner didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare for this episode, so they're just like broad caricatures, and it shows. That makes sense. I don't like the one who's afraid. The coward one, like. Uh, two's enough, guys. <laughs> we, we, we're good at two. Now Masaka just... is waking. Masaka? <laughs> Who can say where? Yeah, at this point, you're like, so Masaka's like the thing, right? Yeah. M- Masaka's yeah. like the thing, uh, the comment here's, thing. here's the thing. Actually, no, I'll, I'll sit on it. Hopefully I'll remember when we get to it, but like, 
This episode doesn't really make much sense when you step back and look at it. Let's put it that way. I'll come back to it later. Okay, I'd like to hear this. Um, Picard comes down to engineering and Data is sitting on the warp core. <laughs> yeah, he's like straddling it. And uh, he's like, I've been waiting for you. You should feel honored. I don't usually wait for anyone. <laughs> I'm the best. I'm cool. My name's Ichthyosaurus. <laughs> His name is Ehot. It was Ehot. close, though. Ichthyosaurus is pretty close. That's what Ehot is short for. And Picard's like, what do you want? And he's like, fucking Masaka's waking. And he's like, are you Masaka? And he's like, I am Ehot. I got away from Masaka because I'm fucking... The, know, the trickster god or something. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, he's he's a Shea Gorath. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he's just talking Except about extremely teams. annoying. <laughs> even more than Shea Gorath. Yeah, wow. even more than Shea Gorath. Wow. Picard, <laughs> there's like a, a sort of a funny moment that definitely wasn't supposed to be funny. Where like, where's Data? And he's like, Data's gone. Who can say where? And Picard like touches his comm badge. He goes, Counselor Troy, report to main engineer yeah. immediately. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need, we need you. Yeah, we got a crazy nut job down here. I, I like the twist here, and like then it, it's like a a nothing twist. I kind of do like that. Like. Cause you like when when she when Troy gets down there, uh, Ehot sees her and is like Masaka, and he like kneels down and shit, and it's like you're like, like, oh, this is gonna be some weird. Yeah, here's again where this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this doesn't make sense. Masaka is the sun, right? And is represented by a goddess wearing a mask. Why the fuck does he think that she's Masaka? Also, she looked also (laughs) when they're talking. Um, Ehot says Masaka. Masaka does this, Masaka does that. And then Picard gets, says, what does she want? Yeah, how did Before, he know? Yes. He doesn't yes. know who Masaka is. I noticed that too. He says she. And I, and I was like, is Masaka like feminine sounding to him? Like, is that a, a feminine name? Like I, I don't know. He knew, he guessed the pronouns, which you're not fucking supposed to do. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe he's and he just happened just to that, be right this time. He's just that good, dude. Maybe he just knows. Who knows? He just knew. Uh, I feel like there was a line or something that got cut. Yeah, I think it was like, he yeah. Ehot would have said she, but yeah. Picard just knowing is very strange. Yeah, it probably was like a uh, who who is Mas- who is he and, he and Dana was probably like it is not a he it's a she or something you know what I mean yeah. like and Picard like, like get rid of that. or who is who is Masaka like and there's like she is like yeah. blah 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 but like this is when the the like most awkward scene that I can think of in recent memory of what we've watched in Star Trek happens. <laughs> Where he st- he jumps he hops off the warp core and then extremely slowly walks from one side of the scene it, to the he other. Like, tight ass walks his way across the camera and then yeah. just lays on the. And then fucking he panel. very slowly lays down on the table <laughs> and then poses when he's already up there. Yeah, they could have just like cut to him doing that. Like you know what I mean? Like they could have just like had him jump down and then cut to him. Sitting on it, you know, like yeah. laying on it, doesn't need to walk. You don't need to walk across the room. Ha- having to watch the extremely slow walk across the room, dude. That tight ass walk, man. It <laughs> walks like he's got a thumb up his butt. <laughs> don't we all? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's uh, how I like it. Mm. 
But uh, they'd have a little briefing in the observation <laughs> lounge. And everybody's loving it up their butt. Yeah, sticking thumbs up butts. Jordy's like, look, we found at least 14 behavioral nodes. A lot of nodes in this episode. In Data's brain. A lot of orange. (laughs) That shit's oranged up. I don't know. That shit is Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon done, man. He's done. Oh, shit. Troy says that Data's real personality is completely buried, and he has the Android equivalent of multiple personalities. That's a convenient and broad explanation yes. of what that is. This is a very like mid nineties explanation yeah. of uh, yeah. mental illness. Maybe maybe like the most complicated mental illness. Like people don't even yeah. understand. Fully. I mean, there's still like contention amongst yeah. like. Yeah. Um, mental health professionals, if this even exists or not. Yeah, it's 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 not it's like unconfirmed. Like we don't really know why people do it. It's and weird. if if it does exist, it doesn't exist in any way. Like we're portraying it in this episode, where yeah, you just no. like switch personalities on a dime and get entirely different mannerisms. Yeah, it's and not. Shit. It's not that movie. Uh, what is that movie? Switch. S- split. Split. Yeah. Yeah. It's not split. <laughs> I don't know if the editing of this episode is going to showcase just how unbelievably in sync we were just then. <laughs> Split, dude. That was like going back straight back to Dragon Ball Z. That was like fusion character dialogue. Well, that's- we were so fucking in sync. <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows this, but if we did do the fusion dance, you and I, it would just be like us. It would just, yeah, it would just be like you were just around one of us. Yeah, it's not, a, there's no difference there. We're like horcruxes to each other. Like, That's at some true. point there was, like, an uber Jeff Josh who split himself yeah. into us. We, we were like Kami, if we're going back yeah. to fucking Dragon Ball. Like, like we, we split into Kami and Piccolo. We're gonna have to be super Piccolo soon. When the world needs us. Yeah, but then you get your ass handed to you. That's true. You kick ass for like two episodes, and then somebody powers up, and you're yeah, useless you wreck, for the rest of the show. You wreck Android seventeen or whatever, and then Cell yeah. eats him, and it's like, um, I'm, I'm ugly yeah. Cell. You're you know. like beating the shit out of Cell, and then he eats Android seventeen, and you're fucked. How does that work? He got he got all Android 17's powers, but they're they're are they like Westworld androids? Like they're biological androids? Uh, actually, they're cyborgs. Okay. Because <laughs> they talk about having regular lives before Dr. Giroux kidnapped them. Oh, that's and right. And turned them into what they are. That's right. And then that's why Android 18 is like... Yeah, that's why she can a have a baby. Marin? Yeah. With Krillin of all people. Yeah, well, she likes some short and bald. Krillin's got them moves, it turns out. He can just, like, climb all up in there, like, Brandon Braga style. <laughs> you bring this onto my show. You, you bring this, this filth. This filth onto my program. Masaka is leaky. <laughs> of course, uh, I am the Kami, and Josh is the evil demon King Piccolo. I'm King Piccolo. <laughs> Don't put that on me. You know it. I don't want to be Piccolo from the Dragon Ball movie. Remember that horrible well, no. <laughs> no. Here, Here's what Cowboy Bebop isn't. That movie. I mean, you've got me there. 
I haven't seen Cowboy Bebop, and I already know it's not as bad as that movie. It's not that movie in any way. So, thanks for getting no, it canceled, This fucking dicks. Spike from Buffy was Piccolo. Oh, God. Yeah, and the kid was the guy from, uh, the kid from fucking, uh, World of Worlds, right? The son. Was it? I don't even fucking know that guy's fucking name. I don't know who that guy is. I don't remember the name of the guy who played Goku, but he was like late, like early, like late nineties heartthrob guy. I think all er- I remember was Ernie Hudson. Uh, <laughs> was he uh, Master Roshi? I think he was. No, 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 no. Ernie Hudson. Yeah, Winston. <laughs> no, it was Chow. It was uh, Chow Yun Fat. Oh, uh, what was Ernie Hudson was in it? He was somebody. Ernie Hudson was in the Dragon Ball movie? I don't remember that. Yeah, I think he was like, um... Ernie Hudson. I think he was Kami or something. Dragon Ball Evolution. He may have been Kami. He was somebody. Uh, uh, Oh, Master Mutaito. I don't know who that is. Who was uh, the guy who trained Master Roshi. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that movie's fucking dog shit, so... Oh my god, with the white eyebrows and the little white Fu Manchu. Come yeah, on. that's pretty cool. <laughs> Come on now. Just make him look like Ernie Hudson. Why does he gotta look like a fucking racist? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Why, why is... <laughs> Why is Goku white? I, I like when you I like when you go and like you're like a let's say like Ernie Hudson who's a black guy right I like when he goes and trains kung fu all of a sudden he knows how to grow a Fu Manchu yeah absolutely <laughs> you know how you would if you're a black guy or or a white guy for that matter yeah, the dude who played Goku was named Justin Chatwin yeah that name and alone should have set off justin chatwin is goku and like there are gonna be people who are like goku's a space alien he doesn't have to look asian right, well he right, sure right. fucking does if no one ever comments on the fact that he's he lives in japan and doesn't look asian yeah and his grandfather is like the most asian guy ever yeah, his grandpa gohan finds him and he's like oh this this baby has a tail he's not like this baby's white for some reason, <laughs> this white baby got a tail. <laughs> Where, where'd this white baby come from? I live in ancient China land. <laughs> I live in a fantasy Japan world. Who knows? I don't know. Anyway, we should be saving this for the <laughs> shoot the shit. If you want to hear more of our thoughts about Dragon Ball Evolution, <laughs> check out a patreon.com slash podcast for our latest shoot the shit. Uh, it's not up by now, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. Oh, jeez. Anyway, Picard's like, Jordy, figure out a way to access that archive, and I'm going to go talk to Data, because we don't have a ship's counselor who is way more qualified to do this than me. Yeah, it's like a bunch of shit happens, right? Like, uh, like... This this part of the episode is so slow. This is when he goes and talks to Data in, the, in his quarters, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and this is when he does the voice. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this, he's like... This uh, is really slow. The, the like, scaredy cat's there. He's like, Masaka's coming! And yeah, almost breaks like, his arm. Yeah, can I talk to Ehot? And Ehot's like, Masaka is queen, but yeah. she's lazy. She spends most of her time sleeping. Yeah, yeah. At this point, like, you'd think, like, an archaeologist and a 
like a scholarly man like Picard would be like, oh, this is a myth. This is just a myth playing out in front of me. Like I'm watching. Yeah, they're still sort of treating it like Masaka is like a person. I get. I guess they're treating it that way because like literally Data's turning into these things. But like, I feel like they're too literal. Like like the crew is being too literal about this, and. I feel like they would qu- have been quicker in the past to be like, maybe this isn't like a real thing. Maybe this is like a story being played out, kind of like in Inner Light. Like that's should, true. Shouldn't Picard be like, yeah, this happened to me once. <laughs> like <laughs> I remember this. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess after like so many things turn out to be real, like Q and shit, you just have to be like, ah, I guess it's real. Yeah, I guess it's gonna turn be, out it's not. Yeah. yeah. We learn about Corgano here, and Picard's like, where can I find Corgano? And then the kid comes back, and he grabs Picard's arm, and he's like, please help me. And Picard's like, oh, yeah. oh shit. I would have liked it if he, like, broke his arm, and, like, he just had, like, that going on the rest of the episode, right? Like, I yeah. think that that would be cool. Because, like, I don't know, the kid inside of Data doesn't realize how fucking strong he is. He should have, like, broke his arm by accident. Yeah, and then Picard's like, well, we can't go to sickbay because it's covered in jungle leaves. And, you <laughs> it's know covered I mean? in Legends of the Hidden Temple. It's, <laughs> it's covered in fucking Olmec's temple, so... I, we can't go down to uh, Medbay because of the fucking Shrine of the Silver Monkeys in there now. <laughs> Fucking green parrots are in the way. Can't get in there. <laughs> what team would you have been on, Josh? Uh, it was purple parrots, right? Wasn't I it? I think it was the purple parrots. Purple parrots, green monkeys. I remember it was green monkeys. Let's uh, look this up, actually. Orange uh, toucans or something? I think it was like orange jaguars. Uh, blue moons and <laughs> hearts, hearts stars, and golden clover, rainbows. Golden rainbows and blue moons, yeah. It's red jaguars, blue barracudas, green monkeys, orange iguanas, purple iguanas. parrots, and silver snakes. Silver snakes is the coolest, obviously. Silver snakes is pretty fucking dope. I wish I could find that one clip of that girl wrecking house on the fucking temple. Like, it's her and her partner... And the kid sucks and loses, and she has literally, like, 30 seconds left, and she trucks her ass through it and gets it and wins. It's, like, incredible. That's, that's like, a, a human fucking breaking the barrier story. Like, dude, she just is like, nope, and just wins. <laughs> it's, like, wild. Man, I gotta see that. <laughs> I gotta find it. It's, 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 like, hype, dude. Like, you watch it, you're like, fuck, dude, holy shit. I'm, I'm always a blue guy. Uh, blue's my yeah. favorite color, so I think I would go blue barracudas. Blue barracudas. And then I could also go, ooh, barracuda. <laughs> great song. Nobody, nobody else has a great song like that. That's a good song. Green Monkeys is cool, too. Green, Yeah, silver, blue, green for me. So, <laughs> now that we know that, we're back on track in this episode. Very important. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back after these messages to finish this fucking show. (laughs) We'll be right back. Here comes Point Dread and the Talon Fighter, including adventure book and story record with sound effects. Action figure sold separately. Let's hear He-Man. Skeletor on the Point Dread story. I, Skeletor, will finally defeat He-Man. I'll use the Talon Fighter to stop Skeletor. In a flash, He-Man's hurled through space and time. Surrender to the power of Point Dread's Talon Fighter. You win, He-Man, but I'll be back. 
Red and the Talon Fighter with record and storybook. You have to put it together. Action figures sold separately from Mattel. Welcome back from those messages, kids and cadets and captains and whatnot. Commanders and uh, crewmen. There we go. Crewmen would have actually been really good. Oh, well. Yeah. Next uh, time. We're really... Tr- we're the opposite of trucking through this episode, so I'm going to try to pick up the pace a little bit here. We're just slow rolling this one, man. The like a joint. <laughs> the archive activates a tractor beam. Which uh, overrides the Enterprise's control systems for pretty much everything. Weapons, like shields, everything but like life support. Um, Convenient. Extremely convenient. (laughs) Yeah. It's affecting all systems and turning matter into plants, but we can still breathe. Ah, okay, good. (laughs) So it's not that bad. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Worf gets called down to 10 forward and he goes to investigate and uh, it's there's just a bunch of big bricks and trees. It looks, yeah, it looks like it's Hawaiian night at 10 forward. Yeah, it's like <laughs> palm tree lu- plants and bricks everywhere. <laughs> it's luau night and there's like a steel drum guy there and he's like, welcome! Don't know what's happening in here, mom. <laughs> I just showed up here. <laughs> I came from the artifact. <laughs> but uh, this my is... name's E Hot Two. I would like that way better than regular E Hot. <laughs> if, if Tato was doing a fucking terrible like Jamaican, maybe accent. not. Maybe not. That actually, might be, that might not have aged well, but it would have been uh, funny. Not that we just didn't do that ourselves, but no. no but... Jordy, Troy, Picard, everybody's standing in 10 forward, and they're all talking about this fucking sun symbol. What is it? They're like, this shit represents Masaka, but what is this little U symbol on the back? Does it represent good teeth go to the dentist? It's a big smiley face. Uh, Jordy's like, uh, these weren't beamed onto the Enterprise. The matter on our ship was transformed to form the artifacts. Yeah, this is where it gets a little, uh, masky. It's a little... <laughs> <laughs> it gets a little magic-y. A little, yeah. a little too magic-y. It's a little bit of like, okay, I, I can suspend my belief, like, to a point, and we're reaching that point yeah. soon. Well, the thing is, like, the ship keeps the exact same shape that it was already in on the outside. The decks don't shift sizes. Yeah, nothing really, like, changes. It just sort of is, like, putting... And, like... I, I, like, why? Yeah, that's <laughs> like, that's the... I was going to get to that eventually, and it, it, in a little bit more detail later I will, but, like, why is the artifact doing this? We Yeah, I... I we never I, find out. I don't know. <laughs> and it's not because it's, like, a cool mystery that's, like, left up to your imagination. It's because they didn't think about that. They yeah, just thought think, it would be a fun thing to do. I think it was supposed to be like the inner light, where it was like, this is like a probe that goes out, and it's a record of their... But yeah, except we already it, did it that. turns your ship into a planet? Yeah, well, also, we already did that. Fucking, come yeah. on. Yeah. But Picard's like, look, let's blow that fucking archive off. Yeah. <laughs> Which is Fuck very this. Picard to do. Yeah. Fuck this. 
The war's like, uh, yeah, we can't weapon controls off, but we can reconfigure a photon torpedo. Yeah, we can push it out the front. <laughs> but then LaForge opens it up and it's full of snakes. Oh, uh, there's spooky snakes. <laughs> That's the spooky monster of the week right there. Snakes. <laughs> they open it up and their hair goes straight up and turns white. They're like, whoa. And their eyes pop out of their head, yeah. It's so scary. Steam comes out of their ears. And they're like, we need to get, let's get out of here. <laughs> and they start walking away, but they turn around a corner and like, just a fucking fire breaks out. Like, chest yeah, high I fire. Know. I don't know. This is exactly when I was like, this is Legends of the fucking Hidden Temple. <laughs> And this is when Worf is extremely competent. He's just like, bridge, two to beam out. I guess they still can beam people. That's good. That's good. I don't know if I'd be fucking with that during all no, this. Man. I'd wake up with a fucking steel drum in my chest or something. You, you'd wake up as some horrific screaming mass that we can't show on in the movie. Like that lady in the floor in that one episode. Oh, jeez. Do you remember... The lady in the floor is, like, such a cool special effect, right? Because she's, like, yeah. posed or whatever, and she's in the floor, and then blood just comes out of her nose. Yeah, it's and really creepy. It is dark. really cool. It's, yep, I like that. Uh, back on the bridge, even some of the stations are starting to be turned into stone slabs, right? Yeah, the, the pilot station is just, like, a bunch of rocks. <laughs> and the all the stuff that would be hard to make, like there's an aqueduct down in deck 10 or whatever and the They don't show that. The the lounge has been turned into a swamp. We don't show yeah, any that. Yeah, they don't show the lounge. They just they just start standing outside the door and Riker's like, "We shouldn't go in there." And Worf's like, "It's a swamp." <laughs> like, uh, okay, cool. It's transformed about 20% of the ship, and Crusher's like, the Archive can reorder and transform molecular structures into anything at once. And I feel, and this is just a feeling, I have no evidence for this. Mm -hmm. In earlier drafts of this episode, the crew were being turned into this shit. Yeah. Because they touch on that for a second. They're like, it's yeah. using the matter and DNA to make this right. stuff. And there's nobody else on the ship. They, it they go to Ten Ford sense, and there are two yeah. people in it. <laughs> yeah, it would have made more sense if it was turning people into it. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I guess they felt like the stakes were too high at that point. I guess. That's more but that's I sort of like the Voyager episode we just watched with the virus. It's sort that's of true. Similar, you know. I feel like that's something this episode could have used is higher stakes. Because it's like the ship is slowly turning into a planet. We, we don't really understand what that means as an audience. Yeah. Like, the threat is that all your shit's transforming. That's, like, that's bad or whatever. But, like, if no one's really getting hurt, like, well, they do you can sort of take your time. They do say the ship's going to disintegrate at some point because it can't be a ship anymore. But I agree with you. I think it feels more like a video game at this point, right? Oh, where, that's true. Yeah, it kind of does. Picard's like, how do I beat the video game? And it's <laughs> it's not really, it, it doesn't really feel like real or important that he needs to. Yeah. But it kind of, he does, I guess. I don't know. It, it, I agree. It, the stakes aren't that high. It would be better if people were dying. Uh, I say that about everything. Well, yeah. <laughs> Disney you know. World, it'd be better if people were <laughs> I mean, 
Have you been there lately? Damn. I just peaked the mic like a motherfucker, too. I don't even know how I did it. That's anyway. That's why we levelate, baby. That's why we levelate. So Picard goes to visit Data again. He's like, I need to go talk to Masaka. And this is when Data is playing Josh's favorite guy. Old it's man. Me, I'm old man. <laughs> I can't do the voice anymore. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you need to build... Masaka's temple so that you can talk to her and you must use a specific sign. Yeah, he's getting the code. He's getting the he's on his quest. He got the information. Now he's gotta go back and do the code. Dude, it's a yeah, video like Ehod's like e there and Picard's like, oh, I'll I'll be the sacrifice instead of you. And Ehod's like Really? Oh god, better you than me. I'm a dick. Yep. Yeah, and he gives him part of the symbol, but then he's like, Oh no, Masaka's found me and he dies. Yeah, I guess. And then the elderly man's back, and he's like, Ugh, Matlock! It's it's so cold, I can't feel my dickhole anymore. (laughs) Uh, There's a a line that I liked where Ehot says that, like, the old man would be reticent to give you the symbol because uh, Masaka made the universe, the world, out of his bones. Yeah, it's cool. I was like, that's raw as fuck. That's dope. But uh, it's uh, the symbol is a line as the unending horizon, a curve as the rolling hillside, a point as a distant bird, a ray as the rising sun. Uh, visually, point, visually not great graphic design, no, Masaka. But it, it, it looks stupid, and it's like, oh, is that the symbol I needed? It's not even whatever. <laughs> Yes, he's got to put the correct symbol into the correct slot in the Adelaide yep. mansion in fucking Resident yep. Evil so he can get to the next stage. Yep, that's exactly what this is, man. <laughs> uh, they gain access to the program by using that symbol, and... Uh, Everyone's like, are you sure? And he's like, fucking do it. It's season seven, number one. I don't give a fuck anymore. We gotta get through this fucking episode. We only got 20 minutes left. We got like six episodes left and I'm tired of this shit. So they transform one of the decks into Masaka's temple and they walk around fucking speculating about the symbols. Yeah. Uh, this this feels like it's quick, but it also feels somewhat superfluous because we're at a point where like you need to be wrapping this shit up at this point, right? Yeah, like the temple thing is kind of cool, but I know what you're saying. Like it takes... It's just like a like okay we did this part it's it's missed we're playing fucking missed dude <laughs> like that's this fucking episode is missed that's why You're people right. hate it because they hate missed I like missed <laughs> well yeah missed is all right but you yeah. know you get frustrated with missed that's true you don't know what to do what the fuck do I do next I need yeah. to get Masaka's temple now what the fuck oh, what the fuck does that mean <laughs> but um. Worf is, again, fairly competent in this episode. He's, like, working out the mystery with them as well. Yeah. Like, some writers are like, Worf is an intelligent, capable Starfleet officer who understands everything about his position and the science behind it. And others are like, Worf, like, shooty go bang. Worf Klingon, he dumb. Worf dumb. He, like, kill things with blade. Two dicks. Yep. Thinking (laughs) with both of them. Uh, again, the temple has appeared. So Data um, wakes up in his room, and he picks up his mask that he made earlier in yeah, pottery murders, class. He murders two Starfleet officers. 
he he does shove their noses up into their brains. Yeah, they're they're fucked up. At the very least, they're fucked up. <laughs> and they they uh they're trying to figure out what Masaka and Kurgano are, and they finally fucking figure it out. Right? They're like, it's the sun. So Kurgano's the moon. That yeah. took forever to figure that one out. So they input. <laughs> Or, like, M- Masaka shows up. Data shows up in the mask. He's like, I am Masaka. And Picard's like, oh, I'm Picard. And Masaka's like, fuck you. Go I away. I don't talk to you, you bitch. Yeah. You smell. I can smell your human butthole from here. <laughs> he doesn't say that. Well, Data doesn't say it. Masaka no, does. No, Masaka does, yeah. <laughs> Uh, they input Corgano's moon symbol into the archive, and Picard gets an item out of it. Yep, got item. And then he equips the mask. <laughs> and it's a plus two to talking to Masaka. I-, I do love that they're like, Picard, you don't understand the myth. You just figured out Corgano was the moon. And Picard's like, nah, I got I- this. I got it, bro. Yo, hey. Masaka, more like Masaka, my dick. <laughs> and he's fucking, he just rolls up. He, he says that, and then up. Masaka just fucking gets exploded out of Data's body, like <laughs> Doctor Strange. <laughs> but he shows up wearing the mask, and Masaka's like, "Ah, oh, Corgano, I thought you were fucking dead." He's like, I'm never dead. I just was away because like, I was hunting you. Yeah, we're the we love to hunt each other, right? Don't you want to hunt? And Masaka's like, I'm sleepy. I like I like how they do it where Masaka is like, I I didn't think you were here anymore because they're they're not in that solar system anymore. So the it's like it's like the temple knows that the moon's not there. You know. I think I think the idea is that uh, the moon was destroyed at some point. Oh, maybe it was, or or that the sun went supernova and like the night never came again, and that's why people were dying of being burned alive. That might be it. That might be it. I just thought they were being burned because like if you stay on the sun too long, yeah, not enough sunscreen. You don't have SPF fifty. You can for sure get burned to death in the sun. (laughs) I can. Oh, you get burned to death in a fucking afternoon overcast. It's too foggy, sunburn. <laughs> uh, Data wakes up and he's like, I don't know what happened. Was I dreaming again? And Picard's like, it would take too long to explain it to you. <laughs> and Data's like, uh, even though the mask disappears off Data's face, when he turns back to Data, he still has it. Yeah. Which is a strange little editing error. Maybe it just zooped back to his room. It's, it's super duper back to his room. Zoop. It just popped in. Picard's like, you know, you, uh, you've you lived beyond the human experience. You've had an entire civilization within you. And Data's like, hmm. Mm. So here's what I've been leading up to, what I've been talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm the ancient Masaka-worshipping civilization. Sure. I create a library of Alexandria with all of our information in it. Mm -hmm. And I program it to shoot a big beam at whatever ship it comes across and turn that ship into my planet. Yeah. Okay. Let's... Sure. uh, Unless two people on the ship... Act out the, the Masaka thing. and Corgano thing for me. And then it goes away. I'm done. 
I'm going to play devil's advocate because that's my role here. Sure. Maybe, and now this, I, and I hate this because it's not explained in the show. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's some kind of like hollow deck technology that like they use and they just sort of assume that like other things would have that kind of like. Like uh, like trying to play like a Blu-ray and a DVD player, right? Like they're like, oh well, we'll just figure it out. And but maybe so, it like doesn't work that good for uh, Star. So, so, so you're thinking it was just it was like incompatible technology that made the ship start yeah. turning into it, and it the just matter. like adapts to like whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't it, know. it could. This is pure fan fiction at this point, but it's yeah, well, yeah. it's I like this. I like the idea that um, the Masaka worshiping peoples had. Um, they didn't just use holodeck technology to change things for their stories yeah. and stuff. They actually changed it molecularly. Yeah, like, it, it's not a hologram to them. It, they're just, well, why don't we just change the matter? Like, fuck it. Right? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, but, much better than the explanation we get in the episode, which is nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, they need people to, like, be on, like, the writing staff that think like this. Like... Yeah, I, I don't think <laughs> I don't think that everything needs to be explained in any story. No. But I feel like you you as the writer have to know the answer. <laughs> yeah, you you can you gotta sprinkle that fucking writing pepper in there, buddy. You can't yeah. just be like this is bland. You gotta you gotta little spices, so, little spices. So that's the two problems that I think drag this episode down for me is that one, there's really no rhyme or reason to this episode. There's no moral at right. the end, there's no moral to the episode. There's no higher reason for it to exist. It's just sort of like this is fucked up, huh? Weird. Yeah, I I I, I wish not every episode has to be like that, right? No, but I like, wish they the, would have the been other, like hey, uh, like maybe like like Picard should be like this is like an extremely insanely rare thing that I've never heard about happening ever in the history of the galaxy. Like we need to save this thing. Yeah. Instead instead he's like, I don't know, blow it up. Just shoot it. Fuck Here, it. Here's the thing, right? Like maybe the the idea is that like this was made quickly. With whatever right. technology they had left after their son had gone supernova. Right. It was put together shoddily and quickly because they were so desperate. Right. To continue the knowledge of their species and the things they cared about, the spiritualism of their species. Right. So and like that's why it's yeah. causing so many problems. Yeah. So at least you have that underlying moralistic idea of like, you have to keep the past alive. Right. Which is again retreading inner light. It's inner light. But, well, that's that's what I feel like this was, right? Yeah, this they is were like, bad inner light. They were just like, I, let's just do inner light again. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, it's, okay, and people were like, like, wait a minute. The the two things there's no uh, there's no real rhyme or reason to the episode, and it also doesn't really make any sense with the information we're given. Yeah, it needs to be fleshed out just a little bit like 10% yeah. more information would make this I think better I, I don't hate this episode no I, I don't hate I, this episode either I don't remember it being this good which maybe is like you know like tint, like tainting my opinion of it like I'm like oh this is much better than I thought it was but yeah I feel that though right because yeah. like 
I was ready to like we I did this episode as a joke because you're always teasing me about it. You're always yeah. like, Oh, let's do masks and I'm like, No. But <laughs> I loved it when I turned around on you and I was like, you know what? Let's do masks and you literally went, No I went, No <laughs> <laughs> Well we the other two options were equally yeah. no, like They were worse the, it turns they out. Were worse. Yeah, they were way worse. Yeah. But we were just throwing out bad episodes that we should do. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I'll, I'll make Josh sleep in his bed now that he's made it. We're going to fucking watch masks. <laughs> Give him what he wants, that child. <laughs> but then it turned out, like, it's nowhere near as bad as I remember. I was ready to give this episode, like, a fucking one or something. Yeah, but no, no, man. I'm, I'm going to give it a six, 6.5. Really? I mean, it's a 6.5, yeah. Wow. It's better than... Normal. I honestly, I, there like there are really bad TNG episodes, and I and again maybe I'm just like being like uh, uh my opinion is being weighted because I thought it was going to be terrible, but it wasn't. But it's slightly above average. Slightly above average. Slightly. Uh, funnily enough, <laughs> I'm going to give this episode a four point five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can because I find it to be less Slightly than less. average. I can see it's I can almost see average. Like it's almost on the same level of an average episode I could have in the background like that I don't really have any qualms with but I wouldn't right. remember too much later. Right. But um it's a little less good than that because I'm stuck on the fact that the mystery as it stands doesn't actually doesn't make any solved. sense. Um, and again, like not every episode has to have some rhyme or reason behind it. It can just be like, here's a fun story. No, I can see a 4.5. I think you gave it a 4.5 because you just hate Eric's acting in the beginning. He's so bad, this fucking child. Go to, go to acting school instead of pottery school. <laughs> Why isn't your dad abusing you to be a good actor? Oh like my god. <laughs> We were. That's a conversation. That's a good, yeah. That's like a throwback to us yeah. talking before we recorded. No, nobody knows what we're talking about, but yeah. Go see King Richard in theaters. Yeah. I think it's only on HBO. Last year, I think. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't know if that happens in that movie either. I don't ever saw the movie, but I get I get like a strong. Uh, this isn't like Joe Jackson. Uh, maybe not that bad, but yeah. Uh, I just I don't like that like the Williams sisters like like the movie's not about them it's about their no, fucking dad it, it is a little fucked up right like yeah. these women couldn't have achieved this on yeah. their own there has to be a man oh it's got to be their dad yeah it's like they're like the best tennis players on earth like, they, they might about? be the best athletes on earth with how I many mean, like how yeah, much you, they've won in their careers have you seen Serena Williams she's she's a beast dude like. She she hits the ball and the ball disintegrates and they just have to give her the points. Yeah, the ball just goes somewhere and they're like, I don't know where to go. It went into a different dimension. It's time traveled. It's fully Dragon Ball Z. When she goes to serve it, she says, "Now I'll send you to the next dimension." Oh, cool. She's in the Ginyu Force. <laughs> Dude, she could fucking wipe floor with the Ginyu Force by herself. Super Vegeta, though? I don't know. I don't know. It's a pretty even match. That's I an think. even match, yeah. <laughs> he has that finger gun that he does. 
You you heard it here first, folks. Serena Williams has a power level of a hundred thousand. <laughs> scouter says. <laughs> I want a scouter. I have a toy scouter, actually. Oh, I think of you every time I go to my GameStop because there's a Pink Ranger helmet there, and I fucking want to buy it, but oh, I don't it's want. So expensive, though. I don't want to. I I gotta save up for that fucking Bo-Katan helmet that's coming out. Oh my god. I know. It's a whole you, thing. You are. You have a problem, dude. You don't even know. I mean, no. you do. I'm sure that there's like a whole side of it that you're not sharing with me because you're. I've like, been pretty good lately. Jeff would say something. I've been pretty good lately. <laughs> at the end of the day, at least you can tell a difference between yellow and green. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a joke from off the podcast. <laughs> it looks like a toilet bowl. That's fine. The, Do you uh, think it's yellow? Does it look yellow to you? It looked a little yellow to me, yeah, because it's oh. like a limish green, right? And Yeah, it's a light, literally light green. Uh, my colors on my computer were a little off anyway, because I can't really fix them, because well, I'm slightly people, colorblind. People with yellow and green often, I find, have very drastic opinions about what's yellow and green. And everyone thinks that they're right, right? Like, like to me, that's yeah. very much green, but to you, it could be yellow. I don't know. I well, it's see. like, um, it's also like a, uh, a thing where, like... Because my actual colorblindness is like red-green colorblindness. Okay, yeah. So I can't... That's why my problem with purple is I can't differentiate how much red is in it. Right. So if it's like... If it's really reddish purple, I can tell immediately. But if it's sort of like a bluish purple, I'll be... I'll have to stare at it for ages. That's wild. That's so weird. Which is like pretty shitty for an artist, really. But I mostly use hex codes to get around that. Like I, I use hex codes to know what color I want to use. Oh, you like memorize the code? Uh, some of, of the them, color. yeah. That's some cool. of them, and I mean, like every like slider has like blue and purple separated for that reason. And for like, color blindness, yeah. Uh, which is weirdly like. Every time somebody compliments my art, they talk about, like, my color choices being, like, really great. And it's because I use different color choices than someone who isn't partially colorblind would. I think you're using your, your, let's call it a gift as a strength. Yeah, I'm using my handicap as a strength. My handicap of one. Do you have the glasses? (laughs) Have you tried those? Nah, I don't want to. Have you ever... You don't want to know? You don't want to see No. Well, here's the thing. Like, as far as I know, this is what the world looks like, and it's fine. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. But if I put the glasses on, then I know what I'm missing. I think we're the exact opposite. I, You know what? If I could get my eye replaced with a fucking cyborg guy, I would do it yesterday. Well, those glasses are extremely expensive. No, they are. I know. <laughs> so but I wouldn't I, be able to get them, is the thing. I, thought, I would just see what I'm missing and then have to go back to without it. I thought maybe, like, they, you made a... I don't know. They have them places that you can try. Like, mm, eye doctors I never would. <laughs> All right. That kind of makes me sad, Jeff. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't bother me. Because, like I said, uh, well, the thing is, you have no idea if you're seeing the colors the right way or not. Exactly, I don't. But, like, if I put the glasses on, I would unequivocally know know that I'm seeing the world wrong. Did I ever tell you about the time Mike and I were uh, at at college and we were looking at colorblind tests? Like, like shirts that had colorblind tests, like, jokes on them or Mm -hmm. whatever. 
And this kid comes up and he's like, what are you guys looking at? And we're like, oh, it's these funny shirts. And he's like, what funny shirts? Like, what are you talking about? They're just dots, baby. <laughs> and, and, and we were like, wait, can you not see this? And he's like, see what? We're like, you're fucking colorblind. He didn't know he was colorblind. Yeah, a lot of people don't until, like, way later in life. Because, you know, it doesn't really come up all that much. Yeah, we were like, you're colorblind, dude. <laughs> and he's like, The what? only reason I ever found out I was colorblind is because people made fun of me for not knowing a color. Like, that's yeah. how I learned. <laughs> that's how you figure it out, yeah. Well, I, I was didn't like, know. oh, I was shit. Like... I was like, could you hand me... I was like, uh, they're painting the walls outside blue. And somebody was like, that's blue-purple. Yeah, they did what I did to you. I just and I did was that like, to you. People do that to me all the time. All I mean, I know. The time. I know because like of Nick and you, like that. If you say something is a color, like I just assume that's how you're seeing it. Like I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's just an it's annoying, but I'm used to it at this point. Like it's yeah. how I it's. I usually ask like if I trust somebody, I'll ask like crystal. I'll be like, which color is this blue or purple? Yeah. And she'll be like, Oh, it's purple. And I'll be like, Oh, thanks. Wow. So you married your wife to tell you what colors are. Yeah, wow. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst a million other reasons. Thank you. She listens to this. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I don't really have a fun fact of the, of the week, except that um, Brent Spiner did not like this episode. Well, I mean, whose fault is that? <laughs> Brent Spiner found this episode to be one of his most difficult acting assignments on the series. I had some good stuff seventh season. I just wish they'd scheduled it differently. I got the script mm. for Masks on the night before we shot it, and I was finishing Thine Own Self the midnight before. So I didn't have time to, you know, he didn't have time to fucking make characters. Yeah, he just had to go with it. That sucks. That suck. That does suck. I, fuck, dude. I can't imagine making this show. Like, it's got to be like the hardest two months of your life, and then like the rest of the year, like I'm not doing shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like midnight, and then like you gotta show up for like eight a.m. the next day. Like, fuck that, dude. Fuck that. <laughs> just sleep. Just sleep in the studio. Wow, the Rogue Comet was made by Santa Barbara Studios, who had previous experience rendering comets as they'd rendered the comet for Deep Space Nine's opening sequence. It looks similar, yep. I like the, melting, the melting comet effect was so well received by the TNG production staff that it was extended from a six to a nine second shot. It's a big deal. A 69 uh, sec- second shot. <laughs> they later reused it in Voyager, which is not shocking. Of course. Uh, Naren Shankar, who was brought in to do a secret rewrite on the episode because it was so fucking confusing, mm. has gone on the record saying, Joe Minoski has a magnificent imagination, but in this case, it was too much. We had to make it more understandable, make the clues clear, and the end result is, it's still kind of confusing. I mean, I found it to be extremely, like, dumbified i really wish it was like wacko where you're like it's fucking ethereal and weird but instead it's like the starfleet guys just look like they're like what's the moon (laughs) (laughs) what's the fucking mythos what's that they could have pushed it further and made it weirder and that would have been way more entertaining that's what i think but you know dum-dums be dum-dums and they're like i don't like when data said this 
Cancel the show. <laughs> I don't like when Data said that. I didn't Cancel like it. that Cowboy Bebop wasn't exactly what I thought it was, even though I have no idea what I thought it was going to be. I didn't like it because of the bad acting and the dumb shots and whatnot, but... <laughs> <laughs> you said you didn't watch it. I haven't. I still haven't watched it. <laughs> this guy. This fucking guy is the problem right here. He's the whole problem. Uh, I didn't tell Netflix. <laughs> I didn't tweet anything about that show. <laughs> I know you were on Rotten Tomatoes being like, Bleh. nah. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was pretty on board with the show because they made that cool opening and they re- released it. But then, like, before I got a chance to watch it, everybody was like, ah, it's garbage. Man, and I, I was know, like, dude. Mm. You, can, you can tell that. I'll watch the, it later. You can tell the people who made it really loved it. And, like, I know that that doesn't always make something good, but I appreciate the fuck out of that, dude. Like, there's so much shit that we have to watch, even for this show, where you're like, nobody gave a fuck about Star Trek, right? Like, these people don't give a shit about Star Trek, and we sit here and we watch it. And, I don't know, people, they like, who made Cowboy Bebop, they, they clearly liked it. Like, they loved it. So, it sucks. There's something done. to be said for that, for sure. Yeah. I'm upset, but, you know, maybe somebody else will... Write into your local cable station and tell them that you want more Cowboy Bebop. Maybe HBO will take it. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, they have all the costuming and casting and everything already done for them. Yeah, I I just think it would be silly not to finish it. Like, just do another season and finish it. I don't know. Uh, at a convention in South Bend, Indiana in 1994... Oh, yeah. Michael Doran cited this as his least favorite episode of TNG. I don't <laughs> think Michael Doran remembers season one. Michael Doran was on a coke bender in season one. <laughs> Michael Dorn, do you remember the episode that was like horrifically racist to your people, Michael Dorn? Uh, like, nah, I remember the one with the masks. I don't remember any episode being racist to Klingons. In my head, Michael Dorn is a Klingon. <laughs> He's not wearing any makeup. He, the makeup is what he puts on to go outside in real life to look uh, like makes human Michael Dorn. Michael Dorn was a handsome ass man when he was younger. Yeah, he's very, he's got really pretty eyes. There's that episode of Deep Space Nine where he's uh, like uh, the um, the one that takes place in the 40s. Yeah, the writing one. Yeah, yeah, I love that's like one of the best episodes of Trek ever. But he plays yeah. like uh, like a suave ladies man yeah. baseball player in it. Yeah, he I play baseball with his balls and bat any day. He's like a like a. Jackie I mean, I fuck him. I fuck his butt. <laughs> I'd fuck his butt with a baseball bat. I've seen those videos. Ugh. Bella Dumb. <laughs> Don't like that. It's a home run. So here's the thing about this episode. I was talking earlier in the show. This could be a long one, I guess, because we went off topic so often. Yeah, fuck it. Who cares? But I was talking earlier in the show that it's a fairly divisive episode. Like, some people yeah. genuinely fucking love it, and other people hate it. Yeah, I, I, I'm more middle of the road on this one. I, yeah. I'm, and I'm surprised, man. Like, I'm surprised that I liked it as much as I did. I found myself watching it more intently because I was like, wait a minute. When does it get bad? I felt <laughs> that know? way. I felt that way. Yeah. Um, and then and then I kind of was like, oh, okay, like, I can see why people don't like this. But at the same time, I was like, eh. This, if this was a Voyager episode, this would be a good episode of Voyager. If this was a Voyager episode, I may have given it a six or seven. Yeah. 
but I, six, 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 um, six, six, six. Der, uh, <laughs> Internet expert you slash Ademnus wrote yeah. nine years ago. Okay. Uh, weekly episode discussion TNG seven times seventeen masks. In one of my favorite TNG episodes, the Enterprise excavates an ancient lexicon buried within a comet only to have it rewrite the ship's software. And Data's to boot! In this episode, a a must-watch if you haven't seen it. Data personifies figures from the mythos of the lexicon's creators, and the finale requires Data and Picard to wear iconic masks <laughs> depicting mytho-historical figures who symbolize certain heavenly bodies. All right, Joe Minoski. We, we know you have a burner account. We got it. Uh, we have um, a good review from Snuffy47 here as well. <laughs> Legendary reviewer, Snuffy47. Uh, Kratos, spelled wrong, Mm, wrote, I love this episode, but it's not without its flaws. Objectively, it's a pretty goofy episode with no real larger message. On the other hand, Spiner is absolutely incredible in this episode. That's good that they like him. Also, nice job, Brent Spiner, on your burner account. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Deleted says... Oh, shit. I couldn't stand this episode. It's one of the few that I'll turn off if I see. The plot is utterly ridiculous and is one of the biggest signs in TNG's seventh season that the show has to end soon. Uh, I can see that, too. I, I honestly can see that opinion also. I don't think it's terrible, but I can see why this episode might make somebody say, uh, all right, we're running out of steam here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Rob underscore G says, I thought this was TNG at its finest. <laughs> Rob G. One of the few I remember watching as it aired as a little kid. Data's range of characters is insanely good, and the whole story's resolution was novel and well thought out. I just can't believe Rob Gronkowski likes Star Trek. <laughs> Although I think it was a little bit of a disappointment, if I'm not mistaken, that the next episode was the one where Dr. Crusher fell in love with a candle. Oh, we should have watched that one. Have we not watched that one? That one should be the... I I don't know. Should we watch it for Halloween? I don't know. When are we going to watch it? I'm going to watch... Somebody's going to slip that one in eventually. They're going to... Well, now they definitely are. We Let me go to that old episodes list and make sure we haven't actually watched Sub Rosa before. We haven't. I remember we have not. Because I haven't seen that episode in years. I uh, We've been doing this for years. Yeah, but I haven't seen it since I was Yeah, like, you're right. We have not done Sub Rosa yet. We make so many jokes about episodes we haven't done. Yeah, they're, it's kind of would be confusing, I guess. Only real Treksters get it. I Like Balloons says, I wouldn't say it's one of the best episodes, but Brent Spiner is fantastic, and it's a must-watch a must-watch episode for that reason alone. I'm glad Brent's getting some love on this whatever-the-fuck-you're-reading. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Somebody said, uh, I skip this episode every time. Every Tim... Uh, just like the Ferengi episodes of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> what? 
wait, wait, wait. And then the original poster, Ademnus, said, I skip DS9 entirely. Yo, that opinion is automatically in the trash, dude. That is full garbage. That is Space Nine is some of the best Trek there ever fucking was. Debatably the best Star Trek. Like, you could have a serious Yeah, absolutely debatably the best Star Trek. Like, Yes. You're if you don't like Deep Space Nine, you're a dumb dumb. I don't know what to tell you. You're wrong and stupid and shut up. That's what I have to say about Ooh, it. Ooh, gotcha. How's that fucking burn feel, you yeah, dummies? Fucking get the computer to replicate you some sab for that sick burn. <laughs> Third degree plasma burn, bitch. Deep Space Nine. If you're listening to this show, if you're a fan of M-Class, you have, like, by now you have to have seen the light for Deep Space Nine at least. Yeah. Like, Josh is always pushing for Enterprise, but, like, we're both on board fully that everybody should watch all of Deep Space Nine. I can understand people not liking Enterprise. It's kind of niche, but I do not understand not liking Deep Space Nine. If you don't like Deep Space Nine, you don't like Star Trek, so... Absolutely. Absolutely true. sorry to tell you this. Like, I've talked before about I have uh, problems here and there with Deep Space Nine and the way it handles uh, certain aspects of the lore and everything, but, like, that's completely overshadowed by the quality of the show. Yeah, and it tries to, like, rectify that, I think. It might be not the best way, but they sweep it under the rug. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, the only thing Deep Space Nine gave us that I legitimately don't like is Section 31. Yeah, I know you hate Section 31. I do hate Section 31, and I've gone on record about why like a billion times. I hate what it has become now, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I mean, in Deep Space Nine, it's straight up that like it's been around for the entirety of the Federation, yeah, which undermines everything anyone's ever done in a Star Trek show. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind it because they, they give you the impression that, like, it's just a small group of people and not some sort of like hidden London underground spy network like in the movies where they're like going to the office every day. Hey, where do you work? Oh, Section 31. You know, the most like fucking secret ass fucking shadow government that's ever existed. Sure. I mean, that's dumb <laughs> as fuck, but like just because it can get dumber doesn't mean it's hard. No, no, you're right. You're right. And, and, and the, the, the door was open to the dumb. So, I, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I guess yeah. really the real problematic perpetrator of Section 31 is Enterprise. By having yeah. it in Enterprise, it means that it's existed longer than the Federation has. Yeah, it, it, all, it, it also gives it more of like a sinister... <laughs> even though in Enterprise, like, you don't really... Again, it's on purpose. Like, you don't really know, like, what to make of it. Because they're, like... They're kind of, like liberal in a way there's a few like liberal things that they do where they're like look like we we don't want there to be like racism on earth and you're sure. like oh okay section 31's kind of good but but then fucking space president robocop <laughs> tries to murder a baby <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with anything <laughs> space president robocop I watched uh, Buckaroo Banzai the other day again. I've that never movie is fucking wild. I've never seen Buckaroo Banzai ever. Never seen Buckaroo Banzai is one hundred percent some absolute nerd who was a massive fan of Doc Savage comics yeah. and pulp radio serials. Was like, I want to do this, but like hyper eighties. 
I know that the kid in the movie for Ready Player One loves Buckaroo Banzai. I know that. Well, fuck him. <laughs> I didn't turn me off to it. I the movie the movie is like off the rails weird. Yeah, and has, is completely unapologetic for it. I'll watch anything that uh, what's his name is in. I love him, Peter Weller. Peter Weller, yeah, yeah. Oh. I love Peter Weller too. He, I, I talked about this before. Jeff he, Goldblum's in that movie too. Oh yeah, yeah. He used to do, Peter Weller used to do a History Channel show when they showed actual history. And oh, yeah, yeah, you tell me about that. He would talk about architecture, because he's, like, an architecture major. Like, he's an engineer, apparently. And he would just talk about, like, old architecture. And I, I was just, like, hypnotized by it. I was like, oh, my God. Please tuck me in. That man could read night. the phone book. Yes. Though, with that voice of his. Dude, tuck me in, architecture daddy, please. <laughs> He's the lead singer of a band, also, in Buckaroo Banzai. He's a hyper-advanced scientist man. Yeah. And an adventurer. And he's also the lead singer of an 80s synth band. That makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> and his, he, he is half Japanese, even though he's played by Peter Weller. Peter Weller, not half Japanese. No. Not even a little. Peter Weller is, like, eight feet tall. And he looks like he He's was like blonde. Yeah, which is another thing. He looks. I was gonna say he looks like he fought in like the Second World War. <laughs> He's just yeah. like he I, looks like he fought in the fucking Austrian Hungary <laughs> War. Is what he looks like. He goddamn Habsburg ass motherfucker over here. <laughs> he wears like a kimono at one point. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this makes no sense. The eighties, man. Yeah, they, they were just like, you know what? Fuck Asia. <laughs> The uh, the the entire story is about aliens from the fifth dimension invading Earth and trying to take over. All this checks out. It happens. It's real. This makes more sense to me than some of masks. So and there's a character in it named Perfect Tommy, and I was like, "How do you get that nickname? Is he perfect? All I want to be Perfect Jeff. You are Perfect Jeff. Thank you. Except you my are eyes. Perfect, comma Jeff. Ah, oh, thanks." Except your eyes. Except my eyes. I got stigmatism. I can't fuck see colors right. I was born legally blind, so I know. How about now? I'm legally blonde now. (laughs) (laughs) Starring Reese Witherspoon. That's a good-ass movie. The first one's good. The second one's stupid. The first one's a good movie. It's got what's-her-name. It's hard. It's hard? When they're like, she's like, uh, the dude's like, you graduated from Harvard? Yeah. Harvard Law? And she's like, Ugh, like it's hard? <laughs> <laughs> I like that movie, and I like Drop Dead Gorgeous is like one of my favorite movies oh, ever. Oh, man, I love Clueless. Clueless is also great. Clueless is a classic. That's the trifecta of Blonde Valley Girl films. Yeah, 80s <laughs> ditzy girl films, yep. We have gone so off the rails on this podcast. Dude, I put my masks on about my reference mask, <laughs> and it just took over. Did you ever see Legally Blonde 2 Picard? <laughs> it's fucking stupid. It's not a good movie. But Stifler's mom is in it, and she's kind of hot, sort of. She's so funny. Yeah, she's really funny. I, I I knew her name yesterday because people were talking about her being in a rom com. Oh yeah, she's in like I feel like the new her is the girl from uh, uh, Workaholics. 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's like the new her, Jennifer like, Coolidge. Yeah, Jennifer Coolidge, and then and then the workaholics lady is like, she's in like uh, Twenty Two Jump Street. She's in a bunch of shit. Jennifer Which, Jennifer Coolidge is hilarious though. <laughs> um, head on over to patreon.com slash class podcast where for as little as a dollar you can warm yourself by the fire of our discord server help us keep the fire going by donating a dollar or more it's so cold if you don't donate a dollar, Masaka is coming. <laughs> Masaka will come for you if you don't donate a dollar. Masaka awaits those who don't donate a dollar at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. Masaka to me. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at mclasspodcast. Well, that's a good idea. We do funny stuff on there. We're, we're two funny, funny boys on Agreed. the internet. Agreed. How can they help us out, Josh? Yeah, hey, go to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to this and you rate and review us. It helps us a, a great ton. You can put whatever you want. I don't care. It just it'll help us out. We love it. We love you. We love all of you. Even if you're wearing a mask. No. No. Now consider becoming a patron, right? Because not only do you get behind-the-scenes posts, wallpapers for every episode art I do, you get uh, commercials mm-hmm. that we use in the podcast as files. You can do whatever the fuck you want with them. Yeah. Uh, but at higher tiers, you get whole other podcasts, like Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit, where we talk like we do in this episode, but with more of a topic <laughs> that we follow, <laughs> weirdly. Yeah. And uh, you can get commentary tracks for movies like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Rumble in the Bronx, Beastmaster 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That classic. Uh, that are hilarious and are a super good time. <laughs> uh, we don't have any new reviews this time to go over, unfortunately. Oh, well, so if you if yeah. you want your review talked about on the show, definitely, definitely give us a review, and we'll we'll dip in and we'll tell your review to the listening audience. You will read it aloud, whether it's good or bad. Although yeah. we might roast you a little bit if it's bad. I'm not gonna lie. About not gonna it. lie about that. <laughs> Can't lie about that. A special thank you to Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race for our opening theme. You can find Vitizen's music anywhere better music is sold or streamed. Check out Valiant Hearts, his great new fucking album. It's amazing. I love it. It's great. Every song rules. Uh, special thanks to Josh for being my pal. Oh, that guy was on this show? He's the sexiest. Oh, Josh is in this? Mm. Oh, Josh is in this? Oh, no. Better put my cum diaper on. God, that was a bad sentence. That was awful to end the show on. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Slosh, slosh, slosh. Jesus Christ. I just made it way worse. You made it a thousand times worse. That's what they pay for. Give them what they want. Bye, everybody. Bye.
I'm mentally ill. Trick, 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 trick with your ball.